It's it's amazing though. Uh, you know, Matt, I was saying like you've had so many shows that have been got you know kicked off of YouTube, and I, seriously, I think I've had only one, or maybe two, but one for sure that I can remember, and it was the January sixth show. Well, you just need to step up your game. That's what it is. <laughs> I know. I don't go hard enough. I don't go hard enough. It was a it was a show called the fa- the fake insurrection, and they let it they let it go out there for like a day, and then they kicked it off. <laughs> well, now the Democrats are going to get beat so bad, it's their turn to say that the elections were stolen. So now we can start saying that stuff again. Oh, uh, oh, that nice. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That's one. I think we're live. I, I I don't know. I mean, I see. That's what that button says on the top. I think it's the button says live, and uh, you're you're drinking a scotch, so I guess we're live. I think that's how it works. It's been a while for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are live. It says so in the chat. Welcome to Cross Politic, the Reform Jellical Edition. Whoop whoop, Matt. The people have been asking. You know, uh, every now and oh, then, and, and when I say that, when I say that, every now and then, I'm trying to downplay it to not make you feel bad. But almost <laughs> every single day, I get a text or a message or something that says, "When is Reform Jellical coming back?" You're busy though, man. I, I I was listening to you and 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 the stuff you're doing. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I am busy, but I'm not gonna lie. I miss it a lot. Yeah. But we're just gonna have to find a platform that will allow us on because <laughs> I kid you not. What was it? Yesterday, I got another video removed from Reform Jellicle, and we haven't posted in what a year or something. It, over a year at least, and we're get, still getting videos from Reform Jellicle kicked off the the channel. So good stuff. Yeah, I, I consider that, you know, a high compliment. So. so this is the election coverage, and we're, we're starting it out. There's and an before election? we start, there's an election. Matt, I, I understand there's an election. <laughs> so election and here's election. the thing. Here's the thing, Matt. I, 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 before the show, I was talking to you about this. The New York Times has recommended five ways to soothe any stress you might have as the election, uh, if, as the election continues. All right. Well, before, before, I, before, let me just say, yeah. I'm expecting these five things to very, be very sophisticated, intellectual, because, you know, the New York elite are very high-minded and above us. That's right. That's right. They, they are. They're very, they're very intelligent. But before I get into the coping mechanism, because we, we really do need to warn, I know a lot of the viewers in this channel, they're stressed out. They don't know what to do. So I'm, I want to help you out. But before we do, let me just remind you to share the show. Absolutely. Make sure that you comment. Make sure that you share. This is going to be a good time. I think this is going to go for four hours or something like that, you know, because obviously the polls are still closing on the West Coast and all of that. But we're not going to be here for four hours. We're going to be here for the first two. And then you'll get the normal cross-politic lineup. But uh, but we're going to have uh, guests from, from a lot of the key states. We're going to have uh, someone from Georgia. We're going to have someone from Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Michigan. They're going to give us the news from the ground, what's going on, and we'll introduce everyone as they come out. Um, and actually, uh, you know, our first guest is going to be coming in just a moment. But, but Matt, I want to tell you these, these, these five things, right? that you need to do if you're stressed out? Because you look a little stressed out, to be honest. I am stressed out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to go. What are these five things? Okay. So the first thing is called five-finger breathing. And what you have to do is you have to trace. Right. Okay. You got five fingers, right? I oh, got there you those. Go. Okay. And you trace your, your, the outside of your hand with, the other, with your pointer finger, just like this. You see that? But you do it slowly. And every time you go up, you breathe in. And every time you go down, you breathe out. And it's just a very slow – it's a breathing exercise. And – it's supposed to calm you down when you start to see, you know, your favorite politician losing. 
it's very difficult. And so you Who's... need to do the five. This is this is official stuff. This is New York Times. This is legitimate news. Do people still pay for subscriptions to this paper? I, I mean, I have to assume. <laughs> you know, it's funny. As, as, as time goes on, like, I'll click up. Someone will say, oh, look at this article. And I'll click it. And, like, so often now it's, it's behind a paywall and I can't see it. I'm like, I'm not paying for that. Are you crazy? You think, I, you think I'm a subscriber to that? How else are you going to figure out how to relax yourself tracing your fingers? <laughs> well, here's the best. Here's the, here's, in my opinion, this is the best one. There's four more. Okay, let's hear them. If, you get, if, the, if the finger tracing doesn't work out, Matt, here's what you need. You need a bucket of ice water. And it says here that you should plunge your face into the bowl of ice water for at least 15 seconds, but as much as 30 what do you think of that? I think that's what you do when you drink too much and pass out and need to be woken up. <laughs> like in the cartoons, right? When someone yes. would be drunk, they throw ice water yeah, on they them. They grab you by the shirt or whatever. <laughs> you know, this is, but this is a real post, though. They really think you should do this. I absolutely believe it. They're clowns over there. They also recommend walk, going for a walk or something like that. You know, that's normal. Yeah, that's reasonable. Here's, here's another one. Breathe like a baby. That's not my interpretation. That's word for word what they say. Breathe like a baby. So you know how like a baby, they breathe with their stomach, right? Their belly goes in and out oh, and stuff like okay. that. And and apparently that's if you breathe like a baby, you'll get more oxygen to the brain and you'll, you'll it'll soothe. That's why babies do it because they're always freaking out about everything. And it soothes them. You know, I don't think what, that's a good tip think, for the Matt? New York Times because we have kids and I still wasn't quite sure what it meant to breathe like a baby. And I know for sure the New York liberals don't even have kids, so they must have been utterly confused and even more stressed out when reading that point. <laughs> oh, man. And then, of course, the, the fifth one is limit your scrolling, but definitely don't do that. Instead, <laughs> instead, you should share this with everyone that you scroll with right now because we are going to – this is going to be a no-stress live stream. I, I, this is what I think. A five-finger tracer, low-stress stream. Just don't so, tag me so we don't get banned off YouTube. <laughs> So we're going we're gonna to bring out our first guest from Georgia uh, in just a moment. But, Matt, first of all, you know, we're early in the night. What, what do you think about what's going on? I am actually pretty shocked with how big of a turnout there was. I voted right before I came on at error, and I was in line for three hours in Florida. I, I was in hours. two hours after people were calling races. <laughs> like DeSantis oh won. Goodness. I had two hours left to, to wait to vote. Um, I have seen a lot of shenanigans in Arizona, New Jersey, yeah. Texas. Machines have stopped working in Maricopa County. Twenty yeah. percent, they said, of the machines stopped working. Which that, I'm that's just an, that's a, that's just an oopsie. That, you know, yeah, it was a mistake. It's not one like out of every these five things or certify them. One out of every five machines. That's that's just yeah. an oopsie. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The government <laughs> is the only people or the only entity that can introduce technology and make things a hundred times worse. Only the government. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you. I think that the turnout has been, you know, more than I expected. Here in New Hampshire, though, that doesn't really, it doesn't translate to three-hour waits. It's like, oh, that's a big line, and then you're, like, you're through it in, like, ten minutes. Like, you know what I mean? That's a lot, though, in New Hampshire. You know, AD, uh, I, I do have a question about this, though. Uh, I was a little um, perplexed because from last time we spoke, you never voted or stopped voting. Did you vote again? I voted, yeah. So you did. okay, so, just because you so, knew you're going to be on the show, or no, I okay. I change. I've changed a lot of my opinions on this, right? So um, over time, 
we can't really get into that right now, but um, I'll tell you what actually inspired me to vote this time around. It's really funny. Donald Trump. So I watch a lot. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe indirectly, but, uh, but I watch a lot of YouTube videos as I'm working. And when I say watch them, you know, I'm really just listening to them. And uh, there's this one clip of a, of an anti Don Boldick commercial that I just kept hearing over and over again. And they play this on every video. I mean, they, Maggie Hassan, the Democratic senator, has dumped like, I don't know, 20 times as much money at least uh, into this campaign. So the, every every video had this commercial. And it was it was a scary, scary commercial about how, you know, when Roe versus Wade was overturned and our rights were going to get taken away. Here's what Don Boldick had to say. And he, all he says is, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> you were sold. <laughs> and as soon as I heard that. I was like, who's this Don Boldick guy? That's <laughs> and that's hilarious. it. So, so that actually got me interested. And, and I was like, you know, and also my, my opinions on voting has, have been changing over the last couple of years since we last spoke. You know, we, we haven't really talked that much in, 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 in that time. It's very but, sad. Uh, yeah, I've, I've gone from being like an idealist to a really more of a realist in, when it comes to voting. So, yeah, so that, that combined with, <laughs> with get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the elaborate arguments that I've tried to make over the years to get you to vote, I could have just said get over it. All you had to do is, is – is, well, see, I could not have predicted that – see, I honestly I didn't – fingers. I'm stressed. I could, I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so – so, but the thing is I didn't anticipate Roe versus Wade being overturned, right? So, yeah. you know, and I, I don't think a lot of people did, but, but some people had a lot more positivity, and I think you were probably one of those people. Um but I didn't think that it would ever happen. In fact, I may have said that on Reformed Jellicle before. <laughs> and then it did, and that kind of changed my perspective on a lot of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't um, worry. That video probably got removed anyway, so you can just say you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I could just pretend I never said it. Um, that's how the memory hole works, I think. Right. But in any case, so, so yeah, no, that's, that's really what got me to do it. And so I did vote today. I didn't vote for everything because the Republicans in New Hampshire are still clueless. Like, that, uh, do you remember, Matt? That that uh, Satanist transsexual that ran for Republican yes. uh, uh, police chief or whatever it was. Well, now he's uh, the nominee for a uh, House seat in this in, the, in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. So they still haven't gotten their act together. They still can't figure out how to get this guy in a dress who worships Satan to stop running under the Republican ticket. Yeah. Well, those are tricky ones because you don't want to upset the base. I hear. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that guy in Walmart quite a few times because you know I'll, I'll go and I'll run into Walmart to get some like fishing gear or something, and every now and then I'll see him there, and it's like, <laughs> like even if you were looking at a distance, it's like, oh, that's a dude. <laughs> that's clearly a dude in a dress. Yeah. yeah. I totally I get that. I'm so glad I don't live anyway. in California anymore to see that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. How's Florida, man? Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, except yeah. for the hurricanes. It's been rough. It's been a rough Yeah, month. that's crazy stuff. Because, you know, they happen, but they don't always happen like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah. good one. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to, like, have a guest come on right now, but I see... We are. Right... Oh, right now. We are, but, but he, he, yeah, he's supposed to be there for 10, 15, so we still have a, a few oh, minutes, okay. you know? Sorry. We still yeah, have a, a few anxious. minutes. I need to do... Well, let's, let's introduce him, because he... I had a chance to talk to Ricardo at the uh, at the Fight Laugh Feast conference, and he's a good guy. So let me uh, let me pull up my uh, my notes here. Ricardo Davis, here he is. Welcome. To hey, the brothers. Hey. Hello. 
So let me, so, let me introduce you before I, we get I into this. Be, oh, I want right, to be right. the media guy. I want to be the media guy who made bank on the get over it commercial. <laughs> I mean, that was the easiest. That was the easiest money somebody made. <laughs> it's like those tunes with three notes in them that become so super catchy and make millions <laughs> off of it. It's like, get over it. Dong, dong, dong. <laughs> this, these commercials, it was so funny because obviously they were putting it out there to be against Bulldick, but obviously for people like me, it spoke to it spoke to me. It really did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, so Ricardo Davis, welcome to the show. Ricardo is a healthcare IT consultant. He's also the president of Georgia Right to Life, which is an organization that is working to advance personhood so that innocent lives are protected from. Le- lethal threats. Ricardo, yes. God bless you, yes. brother. Welcome to the show. What, what's going on in Georgia? Well, Besides election fraud. <laughs> well, you know what? We're, we are making citizen oversight great again. Oh, God bless you. Yes, it needs to happen. Yeah, so that's, we are in the process of reforming Georgia's elections. Here. This is now, this is huge news. Taking dominion, I love it. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh oh. Well, wait a minute. You know what? And I'm going to. I actually am part of this organization called Voters Organized for Trusted Election Results in Georgia. I'm going to see if I can share my screen here. Uh, is is he allowed to they share his screen that here? Power? They didn't give me that power. How come he got? Yeah. It? We we don't want to give you that power. Oh. You, you are untrusted. Apparently, he's got right an organization now. with a trust in it. <laughs> Here we go. It, it it says I'm sharing right now. It's, sure, it's it. coming up. There it is. There it, it is. is. So now, here's the thing. Now we have been with the organization Voter GA. We have been fighting to preserve evidence of the election to actually have independent audits of the election oh. to Where's inspect. I love it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I wanna get, it's like preaching. Man, where's Chocolate Knox when I need him, right? I know. Yeah, Come on. Right, Knox needs to be here. <laughs> Mr. Producer, get Chocolate Knox up here with the organ. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but, so here, here's the thing. Now, again, you didn't see this on CNN, even though this is right in their backyard. <laughs> But one of the things that has been consistently used as an excuse is that Georgia voters who are negatively impacted by fortifying the election. (laughs) (laughs) If If they see something, they actually have standing. So there are a number of court cases that have been winding its way through. Again, some of these cases were started right after the 2020 election, and they're still making their way through court. And and part of the defense that the state has been able to use is that, well, voters don't have standing to sue. Well, we have a separate case that isn't related directly to election integrity 
here in the state of Georgia, our state Supreme Court has essentially said that, oh, wait a minute. We have a long tradition of the fact that voters in these kind of instances do have standing. Now, That's kind of a crazy position just to, to take that a voter does not have standing. Yeah, a voter does not have standing to sue I mean, what is alleged now uh, with regards to the irreparable harm of, let's say, oh, we have six affidavits of election workers that said that they handled counterfeit ballots back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Never happened. Have, I, I, saw, I saw on CNN that never happened. Yeah, safest and secure selection of all time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yes, and, and there were really plumbing problems. Yeah, and, and the bathroom is <laughs> a different level, like level of the counting area. And they had to clear the area where they were counting the votes. Yeah, except for three it, people with the uh, suitcases underneath the table. Yeah, I saw that video oh. too. Hey, there you go. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's amazing. It's like, it's like mafia level lies. Well, yeah. Well, you well, know, some, but here's flipped. the thing. And, and, you know, I, I've been listening to the coverage on what's happening. And, <clears throat> excuse me, people are saying, well, Kemp isn't performing as strongly as some people thought he would. Well, mm. it, it, it just might have a little reason to do with the fact that he's been leading from behind on the issue of election integrity. That's a very nice way of putting it. Yeah, I'm trying to be charitable. Yes, you're you're a very charitable guy. I know you to be. If you keep if you keep pushing me, I'm going to join the no no quarter November crowd. (laughs) Where's that push button on here? That's right. That's right. Just push him. Keep doing it. Push. Just go off the cliff. This is uh, this is this is interesting stuff. What so what's going to happen with this uh, with the Senate election? It's tied right now. Well, uh, well. Okay, so is it going to be an accident in the, in the boiler room? Um, <laughs> be an accident in the plumbing. Well, here's the thing: you usually the top two on the ticket are usually your strength on the ticket, right? So we have the U.S. Senate race and we have the gubernatorial race here in Georgia. Um, um, just given the dynamics of Herschel Walker's race. It, it, from jump, it was going to be a, a, an uphill climb. Um, and, and, and part of that has to do with how, in particular, the party is marketing him. So, for example, sure. my, my youngest daughter, she's 18 years old. She just she actually voted in the Republican primary. OK. For two months, she's been getting. Mail from either Warnock's campaign directly or from Democrat-aligned organizations. And Warnock's message basically is, you know, I, I'm one of you, you know. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. one of us. That, that, right. if, I could, if I could just boil his messaging down, that's what it is. Um, and then yeah, a week and a half ago, I started seeing, you know, GOP stuff. Hitting my daughter. Well, I'm like, well, brother, you're like, if my daughter hadn't been 
my child. Right, right, <laughs> right. It, yeah. She would be just like, well, okay. Right. But I am. From the minister down at Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. Right. So uh, there, there is, yeah. like I said, the Senate race is going to be a big, big deal. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. If, if I was going to call it, uh, he's going to a runoff with Warnock. Yeah. In other words, That's, uh, the libertarian candidate on the ballot, whose name escapes me right now, is going to take enough of the vote yeah. that no candidate gets 50% plus one, which in Georgia means it goes to a runoff election. Yeah. Do you see well, they taking the, the governor's race? Uh yeah he'll 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 take it. Okay. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, unless <laughs> something something's gonna happen. <laughs> unless something happens. Now uh, again, um, you're speaking Matt Williams language right now. The, That's for sure. <laughs> yes, you know Just we're, we're part of the Georgia. We're, I'm one of the leaders in the Georgia Election Integrity Coalition. Uh, we are doing everything we can uh, to try to repeat basically what happened with uh, Glenn Youngkin up in Virginia. Right. Sure. Uh, the only problem is they had a whole lot more resources there in Virginia in 2021. And you think about it because in Virginia, it's an off-year race. It's the gubernatorial race, so you could marshal more resources. So you not only had the state GOP, but you had the RNC uh, putting in serious money and personnel into uh, a state that has seriously atrocious election laws Correct. and regime. And there. It, I mean, 45 days of early voting. Come on, people. You know, that, yeah, that, that's I, just crazy. I don't think a lot of so, people understand, too, that that was kind of used as a test pilot for the new – uh, election security measures by a lot of nonprofits as well, like a lot of resources, not just from the GOP and the political uh, specific parties, but also the nonprofits that, like yours, the election integrity uh, movement mm -hmm. was really heavily involved in that race. It wasn't so much about the candidate more than just figuring out how to stop the cheating from happening. <laughs> and so yes. that's why a lot of resources were poured into that race. But see, here, here's part of the problem. See, the progressives have been focused on not just electioneering, but the actual conducting and management of elections since Florida 2020, or excuse me, mm. 2000, I'm sorry, not 2020, right. Florida in 2000. Right, right. The hanging they, they all, and all that. Exactly. I, I mean, right. with, with for most of voter GA's history here in Georgia, most of the support that we've gotten has been from the progressives because they knew how bad these electronic voting systems were. Mm -hmm. And it's just, well, I like to say it took what happened in 2020 to wake a bunch of Republicans up to see that, oh, wait a minute. How did this happen? Right. 
Well, we, we've been advocating for changes for the last 20 right. years, but we're glad you're here now. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Right. Hey, breaking. We're glad you're here like now. Pennsylvania's governor race got called for Josh Shapiro, which is interesting. Pennsylvania might be a little more suspicious than Georgia if there's any other state more suspicious than Georgia. I'm trying to say that in a way that Yeah, off Pennsylvania would be, would, would be another one of those that, I, well, again, because of the, in, the party dynamics there where the Republicans have a climb mm-hmm. uh, for statewide elections, um, whereas in Georgia, you know, we are trending purple. Hmm. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. But the phenomenon that you know of as Stacey Abrams, the foundation for that was laid back in Hillary Clinton's 2008 campaign. Mm -hmm. See, these people play the long game, which is why I need all my <clears throat> that post mill friends to get involved <laughs> yeah. in your local election so you can play the long game and serve yeah. your neighbors by making sure we have elections run with transparency hmm. and with integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that a lot too, and people are really discouraged because they haven't been in the fight for so long and we're going against a group of people that have been in the fight for a very long time and they've established mm-hmm. themselves very well and the people that are new to the game can't figure out why they're not getting instant wins but they just have to realize that it's yep. a long stewarding process where we have to take right. ownership of oh. this and it's a long haul we're not going to see the victories we want to see the first cycle of elections it's going to take decades just like right. it took the opposing party or opposing people, because I think it's a uniparty problem, decades to build what they have. So we're not going to see a slaughter (laughs) overnight. Correct. But it's going to be something that we need to have diligence for and be faithful in for a long period of time. It's not going to be one in one or two cycles of an election. Matt, can I add something to that right there? Please. Do it, yeah. uh, Most people think that solving the cheating problem is going to come from the top down. (laughs) <laughs> no, the solving of the cheating problem, I mean, if you're waiting for Donald Trump to come back on a white horse and make all these problems go away, you are seriously deluded. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't fix this. It, to me, people say, well, Ricardo, you guys have been working so long, you know, and how could you stay? Well, you know what? It was worth it all when we started actually getting information out to the voters who were reasonably concerned. And we said, well, you know what? Your county has a board of elections. They are the immediate point of accountability with regard to how the elections are run in your county. Yeah. So when we went from maybe one or two usually nobody showing up to my county's election board meetings to 30, sometimes 50 people showing up, not just showing up to the election meetings, the board of elections meetings, just to see what's going on. They've actually studied themselves Mm -hmm. and they are insisting 
that the board do its duty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is what is going to change things. That's what's yeah. going to get things moving. So, right. Um, and that's, and, and, the, and the thing about that, Ricardo, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but, but I think, I think that we all need to realize, and especially guys like me who want to do like bombastic things, that's not like attractive, like glamorous work. That's like, no, that's thankless work. And it's, and it's, you, no one's ever going to care until it yields results. <laughs> you know right. what yep. I mean? It's thankless work, but and it's see, that's what we, work. we try to do is we try to help people um, every week. We have a, a, a weekly Saturday morning call where we bring people on so that they can see the incremental advance, you know, right. Oh, well, yeah, we got yeah. people, we got people, you know, we got 30 poll watchers in little old County in North Georgia. Nobody cared, for example. And these people are on point. They're taking leadership to be responsible. There's that word again, being responsible for the stewardship God has given them. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, just seeing the last couple of years, I'm actually surprised with how much we've made leaps and bounds in understanding election law, what to do in a situation where we have identity theft, where someone steals our election, the precinct committeeman strategy of getting involved in your local party. These are things that were never on my radar before. And I like to think that I would have been heavily involved in politics, but I didn't know the first thing about the actual mechanics of the elections or what it meant to be a steward of the process. And I think we have a whole group and whole army that has now informed themselves and trained themselves to reap fruit for decades to come. So I'm actually, even though I say it's going to take time, I'm actually very upbeat and encouraged by uh, what I've seen the people do so far. I don't know if you've seen the same thing up in Georgia, Ricardo. Yeah. Oh, up in Georgia. Yes, I have. In Florida. I was going to say down. <laughs> don't correct <laughs> me, sir. That's... You guys are like the same state as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. My, my, doesn't my even know what to do with that. Sorry. Sorry, sorry oh, about okay. that, brother. <laughs> just some infighting. Just some old co-host. Listen, drama. I'm, I'm just I'm just an ignorant <laughs> Yankee. Don't you know, don't even don't even worry about me. <laughs> well, okay, so I, I see one question in the chat there. How's the football game going to get watched when we all start doing politics? Well, you know, if you really care about all this stuff that's happening in not just in New York State. Nope, oh, he froze. He froze. The That's okay. So the connection issue is killing me. Man, it looks like he's gone. That's okay. Yeah. Ricard- Ricardo's solid, man. He's he's that guy's preaching. Yeah, I love it. He really is. So I'll, let me let me say this. Uh, so uh, somebody in the comments says, uh, didn't they say? Wait, didn't they say we'd have to wait for days to know the outcome of Pennsylvania? <laughs> Only when Good it point. doesn't go our way, really. <laughs> We wait days yeah. when it goes the GOP way, and they have to stuff yeah. the ballots. When it goes the DNC way, eh, we'll just let it go through. I remember. So what he's talking about with the Board of Elections, I actually, when I came out of college in 2004, um, I worked for the Board of Elections for 
like a, a period because it, it was the it was the first George W. Bush election. And um, if I'm not mistaken, and um, I was a Republican election judge recruiter because they needed people to actually like call people and harass them to be Republican election judges because that's how few Republicans <laughs> there are in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I participated in the canvassing afterwards. So like we would count the absentee ballots and we would do this kind of stuff. And I remember thinking like multiple times in that process, like, how can this be the process? Like I could easily throw pretty much all of these ballots away if I wanted to. And probably nobody would see me like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and there were so many times where me and this woman would be sitting there as a Democrat. They had, you know, each table had one you know, person of each you know, thing. And I was just like, and she'd go to the bathroom and I'd be like, like this, this can't be how we do this. How how is this how we do this? We're, it's just me and you here. <laughs> I love it. Anyway. As you go to the bathroom, someone comes up behind you and throws away the ballots that you were thinking about. Right. <laughs> like right. it actually happens. And, and, yeah. and you would never know because there's always an endless amount of ballots you had to count. So it's like you wouldn't know like if the ones you left there were the ones that you saw when you got back. Like someone could easily throw them away. It, there's just so many like things that we don't even think about. You know when we're when we're hearing these results coming in, but. You know who's thinking about it? They're thinking about it. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, they've probably crafted some of the procedures. 100%. So that you could do that. 100%. Like that's how far ahead of the game they are on us. We're trying to figure out what they're doing. They're already figuring right. out their next move to cheat on us. Well, that's my whole point. Because when I, when I was doing this, like, I had that thought. But I was just an idiot just right out of college. So, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know what the deal was. Like, I didn't know what to look, what to look for. But these people have been they've been crafting these policies, these laws for years. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Interesting stuff. All right. What else right. we got here? What, so you put up the map here. What's going on? Uh, no, I didn't put up the map. It was the producer. I think they're trying to hint that we need to talk about what's going on in the election. All right. So what we've got here is uh, the Senate races, the various Senate races. I see a lot of red, Matt. I don't know. I see 42-41 so far in the Senate. Do you? Do you think that we're going to take control of the Senate? Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I think so. Any predictions so. there? With I, I think I think so. I think, but it'll be very narrow. It'll be like a fifty-one kind of thing. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, I think what we're going think? to get maybe three. I think we're going to yeah. get three fifty-three. Oh, Ricardo's back. Okay, so now what do you mean by taking over the Senate? Do you mean a majority of the Republicans are going to be in the Senate? Yes, yes, I loosely mean taking over. (laughs) Good question, though, Ricardo. I like that. As long as certain uh, senators from up in the Northeast and up in the Pacific Northwest are still around uh, that have an R behind their name, but they vote. Uh, Yeah. Trust me, Uh, I know about those senators. Yes. So I just want Donald Trump to stop supporting Mitch McConnell. That's all I want. Is that too much to ask for Christmas? Nope. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. So I think I think he's got Alabama. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing, though. Can I can I go to a senior level political science here on you, please? Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, the way, excuse me, power works, whether it be in Washington, D.C., or whether it's in your own state capital, 
usually what happens is the those that have the power and control the flow of money they are the ones that make the rules you know there's not a lot of people like mr trump that can just step into national politics and, and they don't care about raising the millions of dollars necessary to actually right. do a successful race right I mean, if you got a you know what warnock I, i'd be i would be surprised if if herschel walker's campaign raised and spent less than 20 million dollars in this yeah. cycle mm-hmm. and see guess what the National Republican Senatorial Committee and Mr. McConnell, he's the one that actually helps direct a lot of that money down mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. campaign. So right. part, of the, part of the challenge is, and, and you know, I, as you can see, I'm a little gray. You know, I, I was around with the whole, you know, Reagan revolution and how in the 90s we were going to take over the GOP with the precinct strategy, I might add. Um, <laughs> which I was a part of, uh-huh. you know, and by the time we got to, uh, GW Bush, we were already swimming, swimming back, back, backstrokes. <laughs> we were swimming backstrokes. It's like, oh, what, what about the platform that we were fighting for when you guys are just selling us out? Right. So they, they, we almost need, George Gilder visionary savvy on the process of politics and David Bonson level capital raising. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. The Christian nationalism from the ground up at the bottom at at the at the local level, because we are not we're not at a place and quite frankly, won't be in as far as I'm concerned, another generation to push back on mm. on the way things are right now with the resources uh, uh, that we have because I'm, most of those that are coming from the, the evangelical, for example, uh, they are essentially being funneled by controlled opposition. Right. They are, they, that, all that money is being fun- funneled through organizations that they are there to deliver your votes to whatever Republicans on the ticket, period. I was trying to be more upbeat, but you're right. Basically what he's saying though, is that this is a long game. We gotta, we gotta take a, a nice uh, comfortable seat in the saddle and get ready for, for some, some plotting here. Right. Yeah, because yeah, and I I think that's why I'm interested in Alaska's election this time because the Markowskis are involved in the, the overthrow of that Arizona's the last of the McCain's. Um, there's a lot of dynasties within the GOP that need to be conquered before we can even think about dominating uh, the liberals well, and the communists. But Matt, okay, so for example, in my county, I live in Cherokee County, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, the man who is currently the county commissioner is part of a, a smaller dynasty. We, after he essentially was part of giving, getting the county into a public-private partnership where the public 
was left holding the $18 million bag after it went down. And he was unelected because of his involvement in that. And then, lo and behold, Harry Johnston is back. Hmm. So it's, yes, I agree, but it's going to take our listeners dealing with the little fiefdoms right in your own backyard. Right. Amen. I like it. Well, well, Ricardo, thank you so much for your insights here. This has been really good. Do you have anything last minute things to say? We're going to get a, 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 a correspondent from Pennsylvania in the next minute or two. And how do we find out more about your organization, too? Good job, Matt. <laughs> okay, so parting words. Uh, we plow and hope. So what God has called us to be plow is faithful. I like that. So that 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 last message you heard on Christian nationalism, like make make Christian nationalism great again. Um, you need to settle in your heart that you need, as an individual, as a head of a household, you know, a parent of children, you need to say, what can I do within my sphere of influence? to advance the kingdom of Christ where I live. And for some of you all, it's going to involve serving the public. And you need to make yourself, you need to help create an environment through the preaching of the gospel in your community that will support that level of leadership. Amen. 100% agree with that. Awesome. Where do we find your organization? What's the website? All right. well, okay, so my little pro-life website is grtl.org. Uh, that's Georgia Right to Life. Uh, voters organized for trusted election re- results in Georgia, commonly called Voter GA, is voterga.org. Awesome. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Have a good night. Glad, and glad uh, I can help, brothers. Uh, have yeah. a great night. Um, you know what? If you all are going to be up to what? Two o'clock in the morning, Pacific time, I'm tapping out. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the East I'm Coast too, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bed at probably the same time you are. These guys are going to yeah. be up late. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, now they got the B team, uh, I guess they're going to bring the A team in. Eventually, <laughs> I, suppose. I guess. I suppose that's how it works. <laughs> We're just the God B team. We don't know. <laughs> Take care. All right. Matt, I told you Ricardo was solid. Oh, man. Great brother. He's a, he's a good Love dude. It. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to him at the conference and uh, a couple times afterwards. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Are you just rubbing it in that I couldn't go to the concert because of the hurricane? Oh man, I, I was so, I was so disappointed. And then the last one, you got sick right before, right? If I remember, if I'm remembering yeah, that correct, I had the Rona again. Repeat, oh, man, brutal, man, brutal. That's that's sad stuff. All right, so we've got another guest coming in. This guest is from Pennsylvania, which Matt, you gave us the sad news that they're calling this race. So we're going to talk to Davis Yunts. Hello, Davis Yunts. Let me introduce you real quick here. David Yunts is an attorney. He's a 1999 graduate of Liberty University, and he earned his JD in 2002 
from the Dickinson School of Law at Pennsylvania State University. He's a recipient of the Association of Trial Lawyers of America Trial Advocacy Award, and he is admitted to practice in military courts, Pennsylvania courts, and in the U.S. District, district Courts for the Middle and Western Districts of Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Davis. God bless you. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, Matt, you heard this news. I did not hear this. Yeah, I just saw it. Say it's not so. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good news for uh, for our governor uh, governor's race here in Pennsylvania. They they have called it for uh, Shapiro. Um, doesn't doesn't look good. Didn't didn't turn out well, well here. So, what do you think happened? Well, there, this was a uh, you know Pennsylvania is an interesting place for people who aren't from Pennsylvania. The best way to understand it is is Philadelphia on the, the eastern part of the state, Pittsburgh on the western part and kind of Alabama in the middle. Um, so if you look at a map of Pennsylvania, what you'll see is the huge population center in, in Philly, yeah. big population center in Pittsburgh, and then the rest of the state will will go fairly red in most elections. So you've got uh, interesting dynamics here in Pennsylvania when it comes to that. Um, there's still a lot of union votes and things like that, but you have mm-hmm. – um, my opinion is you have a Republican Party in Pennsylvania that controls the state house and the state Senate, and they love being in control, and they don't like controversial candidates. They don't like disruptive candidates. Uh, Mastriano uh, claims to be a born-again Christian. He did terrible sure. things like have prayer um, and him yeah, singing yeah, right. at his rallies. I mean, how dare he do something like that? Um, <laughs> so he was shunned uh, for a long time by any – any Republican Party establishment yeah. inside the state or outside the state. So he had no money uh, to run his campaign. Yeah. Um, and I don't think not everything he did made sense. He, he refused to participate in any debates because of the rules that they had in place. Um, so a lot of Pennsylvania voters just didn't know him. And all they had was the the negative media coverage of a, being sure. a Christian nationalist or some kind of a radical. Sure. Yeah, th- th- that's so interesting that you say that, Davis, because I have an anecdote about about this. My my brother lives uh, in the Pittsburgh side, uh, very close to Pittsburgh in 84, Pennsylvania. And um, he was talking to some friends about about the governor race. And these were Christian friends, people that, you know, believers and stuff like that. And they obviously weren't going to vote for Shapiro, but they kept lamenting like, what? like, I just wish we had a good candidate. And my brother was a big Mastriano guy, and he's like, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, and, 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 and essentially they were, they were re- responding with the, the, the propaganda that, that was in the media about him. And, and it was just very interesting that they just, you know, these are people that, that did care at some level, and they're Christians as well, but somehow thought he was the devil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very interesting. Right. It's crazy. I mean, Mastriano was a hero when it came to COVID. When it came to the COVID shutdowns and helping small businesses and doing those things, absolute hero, absolutely outspoken. Everything he did was right. Fantastic help, fighting for churches, keep churches open. All of that was great. Um, and he was great on the election. You know, now we're electing a Governor Shapiro that, that it, this is a guy that was instrumental in allowing, you know, vote stealing in Philadelphia. Um, in the last election. So that's really unfortunate. But if you have no money, you have no support from the Republican establishment. Um, it, it got really hard. There was just no way for him to carry that message out and counter the mainstream narrative. So, um, you know, hopefully there's some lessons learned from this. One of them is 
this was a good candidate, especially for conservative Christians. This is a great candidate to get behind. But if you weren't sure. following it closely, if you weren't paying attention, there was just no way to break through the mainstream media noise. Yeah. Yeah. And you touched on something I think that's worth highlighting, too, that probably a lot of people don't know is there's a big problem in the GOP, especially at the local level. Like there is a division. And I know from my perspective in Florida, I'm part of the uh, county GOP that uh, the county I live in. And there, it's not just all love and hugs that there's a lot of resentment and hate for especially the new crowd coming in, the MAGA crowd, quote unquote, or the Christian nationalist crowd, the people that are trying to overthrow or change the things the way the old guard has done it. And that makes it really difficult to win elections, even when you win the primaries, because you're like you said, you're not getting those dollars, you're not getting the support. And that's very critical in any race that you go up against, because the Democrats are always for some reason, seem to be completely unified when it comes uh, to when it counts. And so there's a lot of small battles. We talked about it with our last guest a little bit that we need to win within the GOP before we can, I think, effectively uh, elect these good candidates that we have that don't have the money, that don't have the resources, because we need as much as we can from the GOP. Would you agree with that, Davis? Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And we see that over and over again in Pennsylvania because you, you have a GOP that can deliver the state house and the state Senate. So there's people that are just very, very afraid to disrupt any of that and to take out any of that leadership. So even though it's, it's compromised, it's sort of a uniparty here when it comes to that. And there's very few people that will, will stand out and do things. Mastriano was one of those and he made enemies as a state Senator because he did take on these issues. He did stand out. He did advocate for these things. Um, so he's was shunned. Um, by the Republican Party. He had to do this at a grassroots level, and there was no money. It was very, very difficult for him to raise money. Case in point for what you're saying, I mean, in my opinion, this Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz, is is a horrible candidate, in my opinion. Like, like it just doesn't seem to make any sense at all, but he's very competitive, you know what I mean, as as a candidate. Which I don't understand at all. (laughs) It How is that sense. guy competitive? Right. It, it makes no sense. That that whole that primary election for for Senate was a mess here in Pennsylvania. You know, Oz is, is not a Pennsylvania guy. He's not from right. Pennsylvania. He might right. have dual citizenship, for heaven's sakes. Right. He's a he's a Jersey guy. And, and there's an element of Pennsylvania folks that are just not going to vote for a Jersey guy. I mean, let's just be realistic about that. I, I know that element. Here. Absolutely. Listen. There's a lot of Jersey guys that won't vote for a Jersey, vote for a Jersey guy. <laughs> right? Oh, right? you yanks. So, so that, that's, that's absolutely there. And it's not just a matter of opinion when it comes to Oz being a, a bad candidate. He's never had – I mean, his favorability ratings never been over 40%, right? So that's a close race. I, it's not looking good. I mean, I'm looking at the analysis, looking what what's happened in the past. It doesn't look good for him right now. They're not calling it yet, but the numbers are not. If you look at it at the county level, the numbers are not there. But he's not a good candidate. He's never been above that 40 percent. But he was, again, picked by the Republican establishment within Pennsylvania as the least offensive. Um, and and there wasn't there wasn't a ton of great candidates out there to choose from. But it was really unfortunate that he came through because, look, you know, a guy like Mastriano with money, with support, with TV ads could have won. He could win in Pennsylvania. People just don't have any idea who he is yeah. other than people yeah. that were closely engaged in the 
in the COVID battles, but there's, sure. again, a big state, you got to have a lot of money to get the message out there. Yeah, he was such a good candidate. I mean, he was really good. Like, I would, there's a lot of GOP people that I, I hold my nose and vote for, and he is one of the few where I would have no reservations yep. whatsoever about voting for him. And it's just sad to see that he just, I don't know if it's just tactics or strategy, but he just wasn't able to figure that piece out. And we're really seeing the, the results of that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, the, the, the free media attention that he got over COVID and some of the election stands that he took, I think he thought that would give him the name, name recognition he needed. But, you know, not being able to participate in a debate or anything else like that, I just think hurt him. I think he would yeah. have done great in a debate. The other thing I will say that's a lesson is, you know, everything Shapiro did, every single campaign ad for Shapiro, you have no idea what he stands for. He every single <laughs> right. campaign ad, you yeah. would think he was the biggest pro-family, you know, conservative, right. wonderful father figure type. Um, every single ad, no issues, all about just you know pro-family things. Um, yeah, just absolutely not who he is. It, you know, the worst kind of of human in my 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 opinion. You know, very much um, pro-abortion, transgender, mm -hmm. all those issues. So right. It's yeah. it's inter it's interesting that you say that, and probably he did that because he knew he didn't have to worry about counterattacks with ads at Absolutely all. Absolutely not. There was not. So why was why none. even bother? Right. He didn't even have to mention Mastriano. He could just right. run fluff ads. Great. So you're saying a whole bunch of Philadelphia people and Pennsylvania people are going to be moving to my state of Florida. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the great news. No, but you don't understand though the people that are in that Alabama section and like in the the the, the rural parts of the Pet Pittsburgh section, they're good people. They say weird stuff like like uh, yins. What's that yins thing? I uh, just yeah. got a breaking news. J.D. Vance wins the U.S. Senate in Ohio. So looks like Ohio and Florida are turning from swing states to solid red states, which is interesting dynamic for the future. That's awesome. That's great news. Yeah. I, I had to bring it back up to positive level after all that depressing. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah there's all this depressing Pennsylvania news and. They're right next door, so all right. I understand what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in 2024 with the different shifts that are that we're seeing and what's going to be considered a swing state, what's going to be a battleground state. I don't know if that's going to be really clear and uh, for a, a little while of where is going to be the money that's going to be poured into. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, all hope is not lost in Pennsylvania. I, I don't think we're lost here. I think if, if, you, if you would have had a fair election – um, if we're even allowed to say that right in 2020, I think you have a different result in Pennsylvania. It was very, very close. Uh, some things that happened didn't make sense. They just boarded up, you know, the windows in Philadelphia. They did crazy things there. So you know, there's always going to be there's always going to be election fraud in Philadelphia. It's sure. just it's, it's, it's part of what's baked into the system. But Republicans have to win by wider, wider margins. We have to do a better job with candidates as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. For sure. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you what, I don't know if you were here earlier when we were talking about this. You look very stressed out. And the New York Times has said that <laughs> the New York Times has said that if you are too stressed out, one thing you might want to consider is plunging your face into a bowl of ice water for 30 seconds. <laughs> Not even joking. This is a real article that they put out there. It's a real article. They're taking advice from cartoons that we grew up listening to. <laughs> That's the level of the New York Times right now and their sophistication. Oh man! All right, all right. Well, any any is there is so Pennsylvania's not done. Is there any silver lining here? Is there anything that's happening good right now? 
Tell me Catherine Barnett's going to come back. I want to see her. I, oh, I, I think she is. I think she's really exciting. I think that if, you know, some of the Republican establishment hadn't done a hit job on her last minute, I, I think that she would have been the candidate in the Senate. Uh, you know, military veteran, abortion survivor. Great story. Oh, we, yeah. She was a keynote speaker at a March for Life we had here. Um, she's fantastic. Got the ca- crowd all fired up. Um, so I, I do think there's there's hope for the future there. She's a veteran, great military record. So um, there were some hit pieces that were done. So I think there's definitely hope for the future there. And again, there's a whole lot of Pennsylvania that that really is pro-life, um, that is conservative, that is you know pro-Second Amendment. So there there is hope. Uh, it's not time to give up yet. Yeah, we need Christians to get involved in the local GOP there learn their Robert rules of order and start uh, making a difference at the local level so that there can be support for these great candidates the next time around. I think that's true too. And yeah, we need, we need better theology in our churches here too. I'll say that there's, there's a history and a tradition of sort of pacifistic separatist sort of, you know, faiths, Amish, Mennonite, Quakers, brethren, things like that. So Mm -hmm. we need, we need a a little bit of a revival um, in some of our churches to get culturally engaged as well. And I think that's important. That's a really good point. There's a lot of Presbyterianism in in the Pittsburgh area, but it's also sort of this kind of pietistic, like, you know, spirituality of the church sort of Presbyterianism. And that's uh, that's that's tough. That's tough to overcome. It is. You did see uh, Amish for Trump, like Amish typically don't vote, but you had Amish for Trump. You had buggies with big Trump flags. You had some of that vote for Mastriano, but it didn't get out the same way. So maybe maybe those folks will come out in the next election cycle and that will help as well. Well, God bless. Uh, thank you so much for, for participating here. Any any last words, any last comments, anything you want to plug, anything like that? I just want to say, you know, pray, pray for our leaders, pray for the other elections right. that are close, pray for Maricopa County. I'm, I'm hearing scary things out there of what's going on. So so be in prayer for, for Arizona, for sure, that there's uh, no, yeah. no fun business out there. Yeah, Katie Hobbs is leading, which is just unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm here, and I know you guys probably are too. I'm here in first-hound accounts of real problems in America. Oh, County, sure. So, oh, yeah, so 20% hopefully. of the machines weren't working. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I talked to people that, yeah, <laughs> literally the person standing in front of them couldn't get their ballot counted, and yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, there's a mess there. So right. pray for that. For well, sure. God bless you. Thank you so much, Davis, for joining. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers. All right, take care. God bless. All right. Well, not the greatest news, I guess, Matt. But I know it's uh, getting depressing. I thought it was going to be a strong night all around. He he seemed very. He's had a lot of hope for the future, which I, I that kind of enthusiasm is is infectious, you know. Yeah. You know, he did bring up a good point though that the church needs to you know have a good strong theology and you know the Presbyterians just need to stop promoting transgenderism. Really, that's what I came here to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i heard i'm just kidding but john anyway, harris is here right just... john harris is here let's 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 bring him in i don't have a full bio for john harris john god bless you brother let me just introduce him real quick he is the, the he's the the voice and he's maybe the, the president or the ceo of conversations that matter podcast he's a personal friend i love him john thanks for joining hey thanks ad i appreciate you having me on uh, Excuse me. I'm all choking on my uh, my throat there. This yeah. is um, a night that's going to determine whether or not I'm going to be a post-millennialist. So uh, <laughs> things are looking good. good with me. But, uh. Listen, but, listen, listen. I'll tell you what. When I told Matt that you were in New York, he didn't believe me. He was like, what, he's in New York? Why is he, what's he doing in New York? <laughs> I don't know. He just 
For just some like reason, I thought you were like in Tennessee or something for some reason. I, don't I know was why. in Virginia about a year okay. ago, and I, I moved back up. I actually grew up in upstate New York for the most part. My dad's actually a pastor here, and uh, both sides of the family in the Catskill region, Hudson Valley region. And so yeah. we bought a house when we got married in 2016, still have the house, and that kind of is our tie. But I don't think we'll be here forever because when you go vote, they give you things like this. I kid you not. This is Look at this thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's their sticker. That's their voted sticker. That's that's what. So a 14 year old apparently designed this particular rage comic purple people eater. Was her name Legion? Like, yeah, (laughs) right. Like, yeah, it was a a dispensationalist teenager. No, it was. um, So. Uh, they they had like a, a online vote, like who wants to design of the high schoolers, who wants to design our next voting sticker? And you had eagles and American flags and 93 percent, 93 percent of the people in my county, overwhelming majority thought this, this is what we should have. I mean, I, I, I don't it? even spider. What, what is it? I don't know. I think there's a passage in Revelation about it. I'm not sure which one, <laughs> but yeah, it's Ezekiel or Revelation or something. So the next town over, one of the guys running for like city council tattooed it on his arm before no. the election. And local politicians have been weighing in saying how great it is that the young people are participating in democracy and how much they love this image. And I can't find any explanation online for what it is. So I, I got it after. And I thought this is a joke. I'm driving home and I, I said to my course, wife, yeah. I said, well, this, I don't care who wins, like we, America and specifically where I live lost. Like I got to really figure out what's going on with my neighbors if they approve this. And um, she said, well, you sound like an old man. There's a reason for it. You just got to look it up. So I looked it up. There is no reason. There's nothing. (laughs) There's there's no explanation. She was hoping there was a reason. And and all the politicians are saying how great it is. And they have nothing to say. They're just saying it's great that democracy works. And then it is this. It's this. I was told I was told that democracy was on the ballot, and I gotta say I hope it loses if this is what it produces. Ninety three percent of my neighbors. Can you imagine living in a place where ninety three percent of your neighbors think that's cool? That's what we're about. That's really rad. I know I scoffed at Pennsylvanians moving down to Florida, but I think you guys just both need to move down here. It's a safe space. Come on down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. yeah, I, I'm considering where the and Florida's looking better and better. The only problem is the only mountain is Space Mountain, and we like mountains. My wife grew up in the mountains, yeah. so yeah, that's tough. It is weird, especially when you're trying to get new used to a new area, and you you're you're used to looking for mountains to, for directions, and there's none. Sure, it's sure. weird. Yeah, it's very weird. I like Florida too, Matt, and I I know I always tease you with that, but like I do it actually hurts. really like Florida. I mean, it's so it's bad. Look place. look at even what I'm wearing. I have a Colorado hat. I have a laugh. <laughs> like every other You're state lost. in New York is you were exactly. <laughs> I'm just like pretending I'm part of all these other places. So yeah. Um, well, so what's going on in New York, man? Like I I I understand that somehow the the governor race was up for debate. Like how how, how is what's going on? So they're waiting on Long Island right now, as I understand yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Looking well, I mean Zeldin's from Long Island, and that's like his territory. It's more red there, but. uh I mean, it's not looking good at this point. I have the live updates in front of me and they have about 50% in and she's at almost 65%. So how red can it be is what I'm really trying to say. here. You know what I mean? Now, like in the remaining counties are red for the most part. So 
it just is going to depend on how many people uh, yeah. voted for Zeldin. But it, it's not looking good. And, and I never thought – most people didn't think Zeldin had a shot. The fact that it was even within yeah. the bounds of possibility was kind of a, a change. So – well, that's why that's why people don't know this, but I, I contacted John like an hour ago to say, "Hey, do you want to be on the show?" Because people were telling me, <laughs> people were telling me that New York was in play, and I was like, "I I didn't think it was in play, but hey, you know, we'll bring John on. He's a good guy." I mean, look at that sticker. How can it be in play? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. <laughs> I it's like you know all the big issues, and I'm like so concerned about this sticker. I'm like telling everyone. I was at a ministry no, meeting earlier today, and I'm like showing everyone. I'm like, "This is the sticker they gave us." <laughs> Who cares but, about the governor's race? Yeah, Look at this sticker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, they haven't called it yet, which is yeah. kind of rare. This is like, yeah. this is a little weird. It, it just, and it does mean, it does indicate something's in the water. People are, I think, upset about, uh, I mean, we just lost, what, two, um, two members of the Electoral College We because of the population decrease happening in New York. People are moving sure, out like sure. you would not believe in oh, my I area. I believe it. They're coming oh, it, here. It's, a complete population replacement. City mm-hmm. people moving up, local people moving to Tennessee, Florida, Virginia, North Carolina. And I haven't heard Gordon Sanchez did, which is Gordon crazy Sanchez moved last week. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know. It's, uh, <laughs> I, it, New York will not be the same. In fact, no, I think he could have stopped this sticker because he wasn't here. <laughs> um, but uh, no, you, you know, the, the thing with New York is I grew up here and I mean, I was an election inspector. I was there the first year they rolled out the machines. The uh, I don't think they were Dominion, but they had like the machines that you yes, scan your ballots. And I remember like a bunch of us were asking, so these can't be hacked, right? Like, And everyone's like, no, this would never. This is more secure than the paper ballots. This, and we were all very skeptical. And, um, and, and I, I don't know yeah. to what extent there's fraud, but. It, it seemed like once the Democrats got in, in like, and I can't tell you the year, it was like 2000, around 2000, like 10 ish. Once they got the assembly, the Senate and the, the, the governorship, they never lost any of that. And, and so throughout the nineties and early two thousands, you had a Republican governor, Pataki, you had, um, the Senate was always controlled by Republicans and the Democrats only had the assembly. Well, now it's been, uh, about 15 years that the Democrats have had everything and they've had the go- the governorship for 20. So yeah, it's, they lock the door behind them. There's no way for some reason, it's just weird how that works. It happened in California. It, it happens in every state that when they flip, they really flip. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the typical New York conservative, <clears throat> excuse me, is a uh, f- fiscal conservative kind of, they're, you know, they, they, they have some talking points that sound kind of Republican, but let's just say in Tennessee or even in Florida, probably they would be considered Democrats like they are to the left. They're pro-abortion for the most part. They would be almost universally be for gay marriage. That's just your New York Republican. So it's even if the Republicans win, we still have a pro-abortion governor in place no matter what. Like, that's how sad it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it's like in New Hampshire, too, to be honest. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. No, we, we actually, John, if you get a chance, you know, uh, to to rewatch the beginning part of this show, we were talking to a guy who's been involved with election integrity stuff for decades at this point. And um, he, he kind of gives you a little bit of a play by play of how that, you know, closing the door behind you happens. You know what I mean? Really? Where they're, they're very dedicated to a lot of the unglamorous, you know, boards and executive positions that, you know, they don't pay anything. They're not like a glamorous position. But they can 
they can make the rules, so to say. And that's what really counts. Right? Who, who's who's actually conducting these elections? That that counts a lot. Right. The poll workers and the poll watchers sure. and all that and, stuff. And what the they systems. do. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They have an organized uh, ground campaign and, and sure. you know, machine basically that um, we just can't tap into or we don't have. And I don't know exactly why that is. It. But yeah, we just don't. We're too yeah. busy going fishing and playing with our kids and um, yeah. all that. So I thought I feel attacked. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what I did it's today? AD's fault. <laughs> so I, I'm really, I'm really. Oh, that's here, right? oh, that is so awesome. So this is my uh, my Matthews compound bow, which I can only fit in like part of the screen here. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. But uh, no, I set up a target today outside. I spent basically my whole day building my whole election day before I got the sticker was spent uh, <laughs> building a, a <laughs> an area for my target. And then I thought I did a great job. And my wife came out and she's like, that's really ugly. I hope you hide that when you're not using it. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> but, you know, that's we, we have hobbies is my point. And we have lives. Yes, we right. have kids. We have right. church. We have all sorts of things that are useful. And uh, so, some of these people on the left, like that's their whole life, their purpose in life. And they're fine right. with it is to go into a boring position that will help them overturn the elections of a state. And that's crazy. But that's right. Um, yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and when you think about it, you know, obviously in the long game, you know, our strategy is going to win. But we can we can we can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us are very capable and we can we can do these kinds of things. But I think I think you're right. I think honestly you're right. You know, this is their life. This is their salvation. This is what they're working for. And um I don't mean salvation like they don't think that this is like their spiritual salvation, but this is this is this is their what their what their whole life I mean, is about. I, I think some of them do actually though. Like that is their yeah. substitute. Like seriously, that yeah. Yeah, they I only agree. have a heaven oh, on oh, earth and so, Oh, totally. That's the substitute. Right. Even if they claim to not believe in a spiritual reality. Oh, it's definitely their substitute. Because what else is there for them? Right. right. You just yeah. It just goes black like Tony Soprano at the end of the, the show. Yeah. You know? And they're good at rewarding their own, aren't they? Like the Democrats will mm. do that. They, they'll take their worst actors and they'll be like, oh, you lost three elections and you're because you're so radical. Let's run them again. And yeah, that's we, true. one Republican loses and it's like you never hear their name again. That's right. right. Yeah. I was noticing that with Stacey Abrams. How many times? Oh, very like, good point. Hasn't Stacey Abrams lost like two or three times already? Right. And, and every time she comes back, she's in more insane than she was the last time. So it's like, right. <laughs> it's like, it's like they reward like you just well, going all whole hog, going all in. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. not forget Joe Biden who ran for president before and then stepped or like withdrew because he got nailed for plagiarism. All right. They put him back up when he was senile. <laughs> That's how loyal they are. That is pretty loyal. And, and the Republicans <laughs> right now are like, you know, Trump's had his day. You can't like it's a like the establishment. Right. Like, yeah. Like, like right. That's, actually a good, that's actually a good point, because I'm hearing a lot of stuff about Trump, you know, and his vaccine pushing, which that's true. I hate that about him. But everyone was doing it. So it's like it's OK. So that's the cardinal sin. So if you did that, there's no re there's no recovery from that. None. That's mm. interesting that, you know, because because that's not how it would be on the other side. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, they would just ignore. It. I mean, who, who's the guy? Who's the guy in uh, California? The senator who slept with uh, that Chinese spy? Uh, oh yeah, I don't even know his name, uh, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Eric Swalwell. Swalwell. Yeah. It's like that. <laughs> I I can't believe the guy's still actually in office. Not only that, making attack ads. Not only that, I think he probably won tonight. He's on the intelligence committee. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Republicans would never, like, no. if something sniffs, like, it smells like it might be something, you know, related to that, they're done. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I'm kind of, or that's why I am actually really excited about AD being a Christian nationalist and starting to vote again. Is I think a lot of this stems from the idea of conservatism that we just are against things. We're against government. We vote against government. So we're never going to get involved in government. We don't want to learn about how it works because we're against it. We want small government and we want nothing to do with big government. So just whatever is limited government, we're going to be for it. Opposed to Christian nationalism, which I think takes on a biblical framework of stewardship and learning and cultivating and building. And I think just that kind of new perspective and shift uh, will uh, helps us be able to see these things as valuable, even if they are boring or tedious or something that takes work, because it's something that God has called us to do instead of just right. being anti big government. And right. I think that's why we've been conquered for so long as we we've taken out that stewardship element that we have in the other spheres. We have it in our church. We have it in our families. But for some reason, we never applied it to the government sphere whatsoever. Yeah. That's good stuff, dude. That's good stuff, man. This is why the people miss the Matt Williams contributions on, <laughs> here on the Internet, man. They want uh, Reformed Jellicle back. They want to see this kind of stuff. I like that. You're the big shot now. I don't think I think you're too big for me. <laughs> dude, I don't know if you've seen my uh, my channel. I've I've lost a ton of subscribers lately Oof. because you, really. Yeah, because there's a couple reasons uh, and we can't don't have to go into it here. But uh, I've been sticking up for the nominal Christians. A little bit, you know, not not to say that they're like the greatest things since sliced bread, but all, but just to say that, you know, we shouldn't treat them like pariahs. We should actually try to reach out to them, and that's enough to lose a lot of subscribers. Really, I, I, <laughs> apparently, let's lose some more live viewers right now. What's a nominal Christian, just out of curiosity? It's like someone who, uh, you know, they, they were baptized. Picture as a of kid. one right here. There's a nominal <laughs> Christian right here. I'm defending. So that they're from weird. New York. It's okay. If you want to know what AD them. believes in this picture? <laughs> it's like a Christian who, like, you know, they call themselves a Christian. They were baptized as a kid, maybe, and you know, they always used to go to church as a kid. But you know, they don't really don't believe in anything. They, they just like, you know, they're a Christian because they're American, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm -hmm. and so, like, I, I think that the nominal Christian gets like the worst treatment of any person on the planet from most evangelicals. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think that's appropriate. I think I think that's messed up because I think that you should you should treat those people like like with respect, like and, and say, and look, you, you've got a higher calling like you bear the name of Christ. Like that means something, man. Like and we should reach out to those people and work with those people. Yeah. A lot of them have a moral compass that they got when they were a kid and they know right from wrong. But but they might not be a believer. They might not be regenerate. But I feel like those are the converts. Usually in, in my experience, I have conversations with 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 nominal Christians and they get really mad that I dare to say that they're really not a Christian. But honestly, like those are the people that eventually convert. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're eventually. saying don't treat them like Trump in the vaccine. Don't, don't shun them. Don't Same shun thing. them. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I and like I, and people really don't like that. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yes. You have to pick a camp and you can't be with anyone or support anyone outside that circle. <laughs> The harvest is white with those that crowd, though. I, I think you're absolutely right. That's like the one oh, yeah. air, place that we're not reaching out to on an elite, you know, higher level that we should be. So yeah, I totally agree. It's funny, too, when you move around. So it, it, obviously in New York, I don't know if you hear this, A.D., 
they'll say like, oh, not like those Christians down south who aren't really oh, Christians. All, all okay. the time. You go down all south. I lived in, I was in Virginia, North Carolina, right? So you're in North Carolina and Virginia, and they're like, well, not like those Christians. And then they'll point to like in the rural areas, like, you know, that they're not, you know, they, they only go to church because they're parents. Then you go to the rural areas right. and they're like, well, not like those Christians at Jerry Falwell's church. Like it's always somewhere else. It's never just weird to me that it moves yeah. so often, but uh, yeah, they, there's a specific, I don't know what it is. Like, it's like a hatred or a, um, a competition almost of like, I think it's trying to bolster our own authenticity. We're yeah, authentic yeah. here yeah. over there where they're not hearing us say it. They're not. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, John, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, my like pleasure. I said, this is just a casual conversation. God bless you, brother. Is there anything you want to plug? Any last things you want to say before we let you go? Are you doing any documentaries? I want to see some more of your yeah, documentaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I just had a phone call about one today. We're doing the 1607 project. That's what and, I like uh, Within hopefully the next few weeks, I, it keeps getting pushed off, but we'll have um, 1607project.com uh, up. And I've already made the trailer and everything, and it's it's going to be a competitor to the 1619 project. Amazing. So that's one of the things we're doing. And, um, yeah, worldviewconversation.com is the website. You can go check it out there. Great. Thanks, John. God bless you. Yeah. Have a good night, all right? My pleasure. Thanks, Bye now. All right. All right. Well, we have another guest, too. And so we've got Robert Bortens. Robert is in North Carolina. He's going to give us the skinny of what's going on there. But let me just introduce him. He is the CEO of Classical Conversations, Inc., Robert is a member of the board of directors of Homeschool Now USA and sits on the academic board of the Classical Learning Test. He is also a member of C12, the largest professional development network of Christian CEOs and executives. This is this is good stuff. This is right up your alley, Matt. <laughs> Robert, thank you for joining. My, if, my, if my kids knew I was talking to the CEO of Classical Conversations, they would be so excited, but they're asleep. <laughs> um, As they should be, yeah, right. Because they've got their community day tomorrow. So. At least half America is asleep as well. It, it appears based on the because they started results. watching this show and fell asleep. Oh man, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Well, Robert, thanks for joining. And uh, you're in North Carolina, so I guess you're supposed to give us this perspective from what's going on there. Yeah, uh, you know, we just got some results that uh, Ted Budd will win his Senate seat. So. That's a hold. Um, it does look like uh, North Carolina will not quite get a GOP supermajority. Uh, it looks like we might be one one vote short in the House. Um, we have Ooh. a we have a Democrat governor, so it's definitely a uh, interesting night. I have uh, spoken to someone uh, that's close to the Walker. Uh, Senate race in uh, Georgia. They do think that they can win tonight uh, with over 50%. If you're not familiar with the Georgia rules, if you don't get above 50%, it goes to a runoff. Uh, the Georgia uh, Republicans were smart enough to make the runoff in early December versus early January, which was terrible, which is why we're in this mess with them losing two seats. Um, and then, uh, you know, it looks like we are going to flip the House. But it's uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a red red ripple at this point, and uh, you know everything's kind of up in the air right now. So, I, uh, does that surprise hold... you? Did you think it was going to be a red wave, or did you think the r- ripple was coming? Well, the results that we've seen tonight are very 
interesting, I guess. They're not really uh, reflective of the polls and of the direction that the country's going and what we've heard from voters. Right. Uh, some of the rules that we've seen, such as like Arizona, we're not going to know for two weeks. Washington, we're probably not going to know for a week. Pennsylvania, we're not going to know for a week. So I'm still pretty optimistic that we're going to uh, flip the house with 51 or 52 seats. Um, but uh, with every flip the Senate, on, 51, flip the Senate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, flip the Senate. So Arizona, um, about 15 percent of uh, ballots were dropped off today, which are going to be the last ones counted. So if Republicans are down by about 10 percent after uh, in the morning, then uh, there's still a good chance that they'll win um, those seats. But it's, uh, you know, it's just going to be it's going to kind of be opposite almost of what happened in 2020 if uh, Republicans uh, are going to take the Senate. And uh, yeah, so it's very abortion seems to have, you know, uh, won the day in a couple of the states where uh, that was on the ballot and people could vote on it. So obviously yeah. very disappointing. But. I think as uh, Christians, the first thing we need to do is lead our house, and then we need to be leaders in our church, and then we need to lead our local community. So the nice thing about being a Christian is uh, Jesus is king, and uh, it starts with us and uh, being uh, Christians in our own household and living uh, out the Bible on a daily walk. So, you know, ultimately, uh, we know that we're going to win, but uh, definitely disappointing night tonight if uh, you are rooting for the Republican Party. And uh, even if it ends up not going uh, the Democrats way in the end, I think the Democrats are going to be happy. And uh, it doesn't look like there's been a lot of covid blowback or, uh, you know, population of children blowback or. Yeah. Go back from allowing uh, men to participate in women's sports, which is obviously sad and disappointing uh, for the women of the world uh, and the women yeah. of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, you know, just kind of anecdotally, um, when I was when I was at the polls in New Hampshire, you know, we have that thing. I don't know if this is across the country, but we have that thing where you could register that day uh, if you want to and 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 vote. Um, what I noticed is that almost every single person that was registering same day was a woman. And around where I live, that means that there's a very good chance that like abortions on their mind. You know what I mean? They want, they want to make sure that they can kill babies if they want to. Um, and that's really sad that that's got that like, but at least at the, at the end of the day, like at least we know kind of where, where things are at right now. And, you know, honestly, like we got to be realistic about that. Like if that's the issue that's motivating people to get to the polls, like, that's something that we need to really reckon with. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 We need to start thinking about uh, growing our own farms and starting our own, yeah. uh, you know, parallel culture. Uh, the other thing that, uh, you know, just kind of seeing out there is um, that the Democrats have really outperformed because Republican leadership, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, have really bad mouth and picked losers. Um, over people that could win. Uh, they want to be in the in crowd. They want to be part of the cool crowd. And so they've really abandoned and uh, alienated some of the uh, Donald Trump base. Um, Donald Trump, of course, uh, I would say did not uh, really lift up his uh, candidates very well. So uh, I think, uh, you know, some blame could be laid on his feet. But there is a lot of uh, infighting in the Republican Party that's behind the scenes. And I think that's part of the results of tonight as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let, let me ask you this, uh, Robert um, and Matt. I think you probably are interested in, in, in what he said there about, you know, right before this, where he said yeah, we might want to start, you know, growing our our own or ha- having our own businesses, growing our own food, things like that. You know, that's something that I know, Matt, you, you've been thinking about for a few years. Uh, why do you say that, Robert? Like what, what like what do you mean by that? Well, if you're a Christian nationalist, uh, which I'm more of a Christian universalist, I guess, you know, we're going to we're going to go take over Mars as well. Universe. If, right. uh, if Elon Musk uh, has hyper post mill person, oh, well, oh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that, you know, it's, it doesn't matter how bad law our laws are or how corrupt our politicians are or our elections. If we all behave as Christians ought to behave, looking to the Lord uh, to give good gifts, not looking to the government to give good gifts, then it doesn't matter how corrupt they are. And so right. we need to make sure that uh, we aren't abandoning each other, that we are coming together. And, uh, you know, like you guys were talking about beforehand, you know, if if winning elections is important to us, we need to be more strategic. We need to be willing to do the dirty work and uh, make yeah. that case. So, you know, ultimately, I think uh, right now, kind of if you're a Republican or a conservative, you're low right now. I think ultimately the final results will be a little bit better um, than what we're feeling at the moment. Um, sure. But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot. Don't believe the mainstream media when they say we will uh, nominated bad people um, because that was really yeah. based on uh, – the leadership of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and them bad mouthing uh, the individuals yeah. who were selected and uh, really not supporting them financially, wasting money, uh, wasting the dollars that they raised in states that uh, like they gave Rubio a ton of money and they won the state by like 10 points. That money could have easily been given uh, to Nevada or Arizona or Pennsylvania um, when they abandoned Doug Mastriano. Um, that really hurt Oz because if Doug Mastriano performs three or four points better, then Oz is probably, you know, up five, six points at this right. point. Um, so everything is intertwined and it was really a failure of uh, Republican leadership, which ultimately might be a blessing if we can get both of those guys out and yeah, uh, people right. who really um, want to see uh, conservative ideas and Christian ideas promoted in the United States in and so uh, there's always a silver lining and uh, yep. we'll see what happens. I, I like I like what you're saying, because, you know, you're so right, though. You know, at the end of the day, our opponents, our enemies, they're going to do what they have to do. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what they do. We still got to do what we got to do. You know what I mean? And so we've got to be faithful. We've got to uh, to understand where our help comes from. And so, no, that's that's good stuff, man. I, I, I appreciate that. Matt. Do you have anything to add there? Because I know you've been thinking about these kinds of things because I know we, we've texted about these kinds of things before. Yeah, definitely. Well, the first thing I would say is stop giving money to the GOP for the exact reasons Robert Borton said. Woo! If you want to support right specific GOP candidates like Doug Mastriano or some Kathy Barnett in the future, uh, then give to them directly. We need to defund Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. That's the first thing. And then secondly, going to... The parallel economy uh, that Torba, Andrew Torba from The Gab, has kind of been branding and pushing is we not only need to think about it from an individual perspective, but a community perspective. Mm. How do we facilitate and help local communities? And that, that requires intentionality. 
that maybe instead of buying 10% of your groceries for the next three or four months from the grocery store, you take that 10% and buy it from a local farm and you yep. help support local businesses because everything starts local, even politics, even at the national level, which is, seems to be kind of a theme of what we've been talking about with all of our different guests. Yep. is that we need to be diligent and good stewards at the local level of our government, of the functionality, of the voting process, and all these different things, which is supported by the local businesses, our local community, our local faithful churches. So we just need to have the right strategic mindset, starting locally, thinking communally, and thinking about how we invest those resources in the ways that glorify God the most so that we can be that hyper post mill, whatever you guys are. Nowadays. And, and you see like, what, that, what happens with what happens with this, too, is like you, you, you buy your like because I, I'll i just give you an example. Like I bought a pig from someone locally um, and that, that person's a friend. And like like, you know, not only do I get food for the family, but I'm I'm, I'm making a connection there and someone that that loves me. I love him. You know, we've got each other's backs. And so at the end of the day, like. If if things really start hitting the fan, um, he knows he can count on me. And so it, it, the thing is, you can't make that kind of relationship with Amazon or Walmart. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like if you pay them, they'll give you the food. That they're not going to stop doing that, probably. But there's no there's no there's no reciprocation there. They don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, sorry to interrupt you, Robert. You it sounds like you were about to say something. Oh no, I mean I think you know it really does start like. We still have nonprofit tax donations here in the U.S., so if we want to stop abortion in our towns, you know, let's let's give to those local pregnancy centers. Let's start a house where moms who are in trouble and running away from, uh, you know, a bad boyfriend or a bad husband can live for free, and we're, you know, really just living out the gospel day to day. So there's really nothing about the end result tonight that doesn't stop us from creating that locally and then you know, giving that vision and providing, you know, that framework so that we can implement it elsewhere. So, again, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I was looking forward to a red wave. I thought, uh, you know, a lot of things were in the Republicans' favor, uh, yeah. but I also thought the Republicans were kind of shooting themselves in the foot uh, with some of their messaging because a lot of yeah. times they're just Democrat socialist light. And um, that's really not going to bring out a lot of those Trump voters who were, um, you know, just blue collar workers, uh, believe in hard work, believe in uh, really just getting um, out there with the American dream. um, Because Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and other Republican leaders want to be the cool kids. They want to hang out with the tech guys um, and those type of things. And so they, you know, really betrayed uh, a lot of voters over and over again and if you looked at their favorable ratings like nancy pelosi and even uh uh the uh, new york uh senate leader uh democrats like democrats like them mitch mcconnell actually has a higher like likely the people who like him more are democrats than republicans if you look at his um who, who likes them uh the most so it's uh you know it's, they're not motivating anyone to get out and uh you know they're not trying to see what's going on. You know DeSantis did a great job. He's been cleaning up uh Florida. He really instilled trust in the election by firing the people who were um you know creating discord. Um yep. one of the counties uh of course Miami-Dade went Republican for the first time in forever. 
Um, but what he was doing was he was going in, they were finding corruption, they were um, really uh, showing it and uh, firing those people. So if uh, you don't feel comfortable in the election, if you feel like the Democrats are going to steal it no matter what, and the Republicans are happy to sit on the sideline and let them do it, then, uh, you know, that's going to really drive down uh, your voting. And like you guys said earlier, too, is if you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't know um, where you're going to go when you die, then you're going to try to make uh, really this earth uh, as close to heaven as you can be. And, uh, you know, you're going to try to make it after your own vision because you don't understand uh, what the vision the Lord has for it. So it's, it's always hard. It's not that Republicans think or conservatives think that government can't be and can't do good things. It's just we think it's really limited in what it's uh, what it should be doing. And so we're not really focused on uh, doing that. I mean, if you look at really what the Democrats have is, uh, you know, people with PhDs and master's degree and people on welfare, um, you know, parents uh, in the middle class are with the GOP. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, that's not uh, sexy. Um, and so yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. if you're if you want to be part of the sexy crowd, uh, you're going to abandon your base. And uh, I think that's what ultimately we saw um, with the results tonight. Well, Robert, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. We've got someone co- coming on from Michigan. Yep. So we're going to say goodbye to you. But before we do anything you want to plug, because I'll tell you right now, I- I'm serious. My kids love doing CC. My wife was a tutor for a bit. Uh, we're, we're all about it. And listen, if you want to, if you want to command the future, you know, you gotta, you gotta get those kids, man, those kids. What do you want to plug? Yeah. I mean, uh, classicalconversations.com. We have local communities, uh, not just here in the U S but in over 50 countries. Uh, there's about 130,000, 140,000 students in our program. And it's all about giving them a firm foundation. So they know who they are in Jesus and they can really, uh, to defend themselves no matter what the world brings uh, because we know we have victory in Christ. Let me, let me just say that. Let me just say this, because this is what was so impressive to me. And this is a small thing. It's, but it's not a small thing. When you walk into a classical conversations, you know, community class, they've got this, this whiteboard and it's got all their lessons, you know, all over the place on the side, you know, they got that their math, they got their whatever, but right in the center, everything connects to God. God is the center of all of it, all of math, all of science, all of everything. And just even even knowing that your kids are walking into school every day and seeing that, um, even that small thing, it's like that's going to do a number on their brains, man. Every single time they know they're 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 st- they're going to learn anything. It's like yeah, but this is all because it's revolving around God. God created this to be what it is, and they know that going. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. God bless yeah. you, Robert. God bless. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, have a good. All evening. right, guys. Have a good evening. All right. We've got one more guest. One more. The final one. <clears throat> Who is it? We've got Greg Moore from Michigan. Oh. Greg, welcome oh. to the show. Whoa. <clears throat> wow. It, this just looks like a, it looks like a. Did we have oh, a no. podcast on? Well, anyway, uh, so, so Greg Moore, <laughs> he's, he's a real estate broker, county commissioner, and a musician. He was a project manager with a Fortune 500 company. But now he owns his own business. Growing up in a Christian home, Greg always loved discussing religion and politics. He enjoys hunting, camping, and worshiping on his keyboard or drums. Greg resides in Michigan with his wife, Samantha, of 15 years, and three children. Greg, welcome to the show. Sorry for getting you when you weren't 
ready. I'm I'm sorry, but you no, look good. No, it's fine. No, I, I moved the camera a little bit. I thought I didn't know if we were going in widescreen mode or what there, but uh, yeah, AD Matt, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely, man. We're we're, we're excited about it. We're excited. So I guess the thing is though that you're supposed to talk to us about Michigan, and I guess there is a proposition that's in play. I, I from what I understand, it's about abortion, and there's a governor election. Which I don't oh. know how that's going to go. And my What's boy Matt DiPerno from Secretary of State. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Even Matt knows even more than that. So there you go. What's going <laughs> on, man? Yeah, Matt knows the Matt. Yeah, uh, Matt was just down in my district uh, a few days ago, and I was talking to him. Um, it's it's crazy, man. A lot of people are watching Michigan. We've had one of the most uh, progressive liberal uh, governors in the last fifty years um, nationally yeah. here in Michigan. Uh, if you guys have been following anything in Michigan, even during the COVID era, I mean, the shutdowns, um, you know, she was, uh, I mean, she rivaled even uh, Mussolini out there in California. Oh, yeah. And just scandal after scandal as well, too. I mean, her husband was caught on tape uh, saying, hey, I'm the uh, husband of the uh, governor. Get my boat out, uh, out out on the water first, even though we're in lockdowns. And, I mean, she was wrestling people out of churches and shutting down small businesses and it was pretty crazy. So we thought we had a lot of excitement going into this election. Um, unfortunately, I was listening uh, just a few minutes ago how you guys were talking about politics and how even McConnell and from the federal level down, politics is a game uh, for most, and it is uh, trying to pick winners and losers. Uh, we got more of the establishment pick in our uh, Republican candidate, Tudor Dixon, a lot of people weren't happy with that. Grassroots weren't happy with that, but they did uh, unite around her. A lot of people felt that she um, she came in way too late. I mean, she did not start uh, campaigning until really campaigning until about a month and a half ago, and uh, was playing catch up. As of I think this morning, she was maybe two or three points down. Um, statistical tie in some other polls, but that never looks good. When I just saw that the race was called for Gretchen Whitmore. Was it just called because that's what I'm seeing? Yeah, I think we have 37 and a half percent in right now, and it's 51.47 Whitmer, which is just, um, I mean, just amazing to me. I mean, the things that people went through, both Democrat and Republicans in this state over the last four years, especially the last two years, I thought we would be more competitive. And when I say we, uh, I'm saying Republicans. I, I'm an elected official, county commissioner, as a registered Republican. I'm a platform Republican. Uh, but unfortunately, at the federal and state levels, many Republicans have not maintained their platform. Um, if that's the platform we vote on every four years on, sure, you know, sure. for, yep, for, for, for uh, presidential uh, runs. But it, it's just unreal. Um, our attorney general is, you know, stumbling around drunk at uh, Michigan State games, uh, says a drag, sque- drag queen in every school. Um, just gaff after gaff, and, and yet she's still up four or five percent right now. So, um, kind of to echo what your what Robert was saying, uh, just very disappointing in Michigan. Yeah. There's there's a few silver linings in Michigan, and then more importantly, and probably the most important thing on the ballot was a constitutional amendment. Okay, this isn't a legislative act. This went to the people for a referendum. It's going to amend our constitution, and it is the most radical and liberal proposal for both not only abortion but also for castration and trans rights. I'm using air quotes there. And that, that is passing right now, uh, 54 to uh, 45% or 46% right in there. And, I mean, 
this proposal says uh, abortion on demand up to the minute of birth doesn't have to be done by a doctor. It could just be a medical practitioner. Doesn't need parental consent at any age. Teacher, counselor can take a 12-year-old to the hospital, have an abortion, um, doesn't have to tell the, the parent. And then on top yeah. of that, um, castration of young children with no parental consent. And then to follow that all up, it's it's all wrapped in uh, language at the very end that says, and any law pertaining to any of these things, this constitutional amendment supersedes them all. So it's very vague in what laws are superseded. So you're going to see if this passes, which it looks like it will, not only will it be the most radical in the nation, but yeah, it will also yeah. open up all kinds of lawsuits. Um, there's going to be all <clears throat> kinds of laws challenged because it was just too vague. Uh, right. Whoever right. wrote it basically went for everything and said, you want to what we're going to go. The attorneys that wrote it said we're going to go for everything and hope it pass. I am a yeah. little bit cynical and jaded with the electorate, unfortunately, just because sure. a lot of people sure. don't read uh, through through the language. They they look at the, uh, you know, the taglines on the, the ads. This was from the left. It was positioned as a women's rights issue, which course, we, both, yeah. we all know on this uh, stream right now that that's a joke. Uh, the murder yep. of preborn is is not a medical procedure. It's not a you know it's not healthcare. Um, so so kind of disheartening here. There's some silver linings. We have a couple of uh, congressional seats that were flipped for very good conservative, God fearing uh, Christians in the seventh district. A personal friend of mine, uh, Tom Barrett, is is uh, taking Slotkin out, or is that I think that's her name. She was part of that. Uh, the gang of whatever with AOC and Talib and those. So we think we flipped that one, but very small wins in Michigan, unfortunately. It looks like we're yeah. going to keep our attorney general, our uh, governor, and our secretary of state all radical. And I don't use that term lightly, radical liberals. I'm talking yeah. like let's murder babies a minute before they're born. Let's put a drag queen in every school. Let's not give par uh, parents yeah. rights. Let's cram C uh, CRT down their throats. I mean, our governor has come out and said, hey, you don't own your kids when they're in public yeah. school. We do. Well, let me let me say this. I mean, there's a lot of crazy women in politics, you know, and, and some, <laughs> some of them. Oh, that's a quote some, of the night. Some of them. I had to say something. I had to say something. Some of them I have like a soft spot for sometimes. Okay. But Gret Gretchen Whitmer is like the prototypical like witch. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, like pure evil to the core, and even has the the what do they call that uh, when they when your face matches your personality? She's even got like that dominatrix like face, like like chiseled. The resting bee face. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, where she looks kind of like a man, sort of, but she but she's got the features of a woman, but she's got like sharp edges like a man, like mm. like she's like the prototype of an evil woman in politics. It's just, it's just like, it's bad as it gets. I didn't even know like Vermont is the neighbor state to where I am. I'm in New Hampshire. They have okay. a constitutional amendment to abortion on the ballot too, which will probably pass. But this one that you're talking about sounds like 10 times worse than the one in Vermont, which is pretty radical in itself. Yeah. Yeah. So every expert that read over it said, this is, this will be the most radical. Um, and not yeah. only that, but but extremely dangerous for for women, even if you're pro-choice, 
You're going to send a woman to uh, to an abortion mill where a doctor doesn't have to perform it. Uh, that that's insane. And we all know the 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 murder doctors are already the lowest of the low. I have a lot of, of friends course. in the medical industry, personal friend of 25 years who's an MD, and they and even if they say even if we're pro-choice, we we shun the abortionists because they have sanctions against them. They're the low, you know, bottom of their class. They're just no they're, scruples at all. Like no they scruples. Just, whatever. Right. Because because they're they're ripping small children from limb to limb, and they really don't care about their patient because they don't care about life in general, right? That's what, because that's what they do for a living. They, they don't they care do. about yeah. life for a living. Yeah, they're butchers for Moloch. That's it. Yeah, but uh, Gretchen Whitmer, absolutely. I mean, so when I was a legislative liaison at the at the state capitol, and she was our Senate minority leader, uh, I mean, she is so narcissistic and and she plays the game. I mean, during COVID, she was out courting Joe Biden for a VP slot. I mean, she didn't care about lockdowns. She she got caught multiple times on video, uh, pushing tables together, being with uh, 20, 30 people at a time, no masks on. So it was rules for too, the. Too bad she's white, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she could, she's not gonna get that VP slot. She's white, you know. <laughs> no, no way. Uh, I'm, now look at. We can joke about that, but that's the one nice thing about intersectionality and, and all these things is the left eats the, themselves. She's a she's a you know a woman. But because she's white, right? I mean, you have to be—you have to be a minority. You have to be a woman. You have to be of a certain race. You have to be trans. Gay. You have to be gay or trans, right? You got to be nine <laughs> things now to rise to the top to be able to have some type of position in, in politics on the left. Which that—that that is our saving grace. Is they do eat their own a lot. But I just—I can't believe it. When you do national polls, when Pew does national polls, sixty-five percent of people still identify as conservative. Yet, yet we see these elections go uh, these ways nationally. Um, now we were outspent here in Michigan, uh, twelve to one by Democrats. Uh, sure, that's another great thing. Is you know not great, but that's another ironic thing. Is uh, Gretchen Whitmer's father is an executive at Blue Cross Blue Shield, so she had ten to twelve million dollars from the from Big Pharma and from uh, the medical community that Tudor Dixon did not. But all in all, it's it's disappointing. Here's the thing, though. Uh, Christ is king. Um, I know who I serve. I, I know why governments have been established by the Lord, according to Hebrews 13. It is to protect the righteous and to bring justice to evildoers. Uh, my God isn't taking a nap, much like Baal. He isn't on the toilet, much like Elijah said, of the other gods. My God is ruling and reigning. So I, I take solace in his, in his sovereignty. Uh, but I do believe that we have to work um, I'm one of those Christians. Obviously, I'm a locally elected official to where I do work within the system, bring godly principles to politics. And and I have some personal examples of that even at the local level. But I do believe we, we have to still work towards uh, uh, making government righteous. Um, I, I believe it with what Jefferson said, absolutely, too, that government is a necessary evil. We do absolutely need it because God has instituted it. But I think he was being tongue in cheek there when he said it's a necessary evil, because at the root, it, it is an evilness, because when men have power, uh, it absolutely corrupts them. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Sorry, so you're a saying a lot of Michigan is... people are moving to Florida is what I got out of this. <laughs> oh, we lost a congressional seat in the census. Florida and Texas picked them up. That's where they went. I know. Absolutely. I know. Yeah. Can you well, keep your people up there, please? <laughs> but Listen, he, only, the, only the best will move, though, you know? <laughs> right. True. 
Right, but that's another thing too. I don't really like the the fling. It's like, are you going? Hey, man, to, man, that's are, what I'm are you, saying. Are you going to stay and fight for what you you know? And I and I love Michigan. I've lived here my whole life. We have fifty uh, percent of the world's uh, fresh water in our five great lakes. Uh, if you go to the UP, it's God's country up there. Uh, you better bring in a helicopter or a, a ATV to get to some of the land up there. It, it's a gorgeous state. I own property up there. Um, hunt it and, and, uh, you know, camp out on it all the time. So I'm not one of those people that go, well, let me go to a state where I think things are looking a little better. I'd rather dig down, uh, dig in and fight. Um, and, and I wish we had more conservatives that, that felt that way because we lost a lot during COVID. They just said, I'm done. I'm going to go to Florida where DeSantis is trying to rule righteously. I'm going to go to other states, parts of Texas. Uh, God help us. Don't go to Austin right now, mini California over there, but, um, there's <laughs> South Dakota was another one, you know, and Christie has made some decisions I don't agree with, but at least the overarching theme is limited government in South Dakota. So there's other states that, yeah, look better, but, um, you know, I'm from Monroe County. I'm a bellwether county. We were 100% Democrat 20 years ago. A Republican could not hold a local office and we didn't have any state or uh, reps or senators from Monroe County, but guess what? Now we're 95% red. Um, just because we had people locally that said, no, uh, we believe in certain things and, and we fought very hard. And now we're a bellwether county in Michigan that then looks at us and goes, okay, well, why is a big three? Uh, you know, we, we were, we were very dependent on Detroit for the auto industry. Once that went away, we started to shift demographics a little bit. But I think my county where I live is a testament to that. I think we can make a change. The, the the issue is, and you guys talk about this on your respective podcasts all the time. Cross politics talks about it as well too. We need we need Christians with the, a biblical worldview, though, not just conservatives. There's a difference. I don't want 50 Ben Shapiro's, right? I, I want uh, I want 50 Vadi Bakums. I want some Tom Askels. I want some uh, Chocolate Knox. I want some 80 Rolls. You know, I want those guys in office that have a biblical worldview and know that Christ is king and understand the role of government. Amen, dude. This is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. Your podcast must be awesome, man. You're just like, you're just like <laughs> preaching here. I don't have to say anything. This is good stuff, man. <laughs> Sorry. You guys are getting me all riled up. I was watching before I came on and I went, man, I love this kind of stuff. You guys are, you know, <clears throat> and, then, and then as so, soon as you I, said I'm crazy so, women in politics, I went, okay, this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, Luna, let me say this to you though. Cause I, listen, I, uh, me and you know Matt jokes with me. He wants to move to Florida. I know he's not really joking, but I, I like, I like the idea in some ways. But, but you got to understand, like, I, I grew up in the Northeast. I grew up in New England. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is, this is a beautiful place. There's beautiful people here. This is God's country too, though. Like, this is God's country. Mm-hmm. And, and they might be. This is like. You know, the, the rebellion that we see right now and, you know, all the women I saw online to vote for that day because they wanted to have the right to kill their children. Like, that's all a rebellion. And God's up there and he's laughing at that. Are you serious? You, you're going to rebel against me? <laughs> like, are you joking? Yeah. Is this is this is your rebellion? Yeah. And he's laughing. And, and this is his country. And, and, and we can't all run. We can't all run. Listen, there's a time to run. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that's maybe that's now. Maybe it's not now. I'm not saying what you should do because everyone's family is different. But but Michigan is God's country, man. And we need yeah. to understand that. Well, we also need to understand, too, that we've seen throughout the scriptures uh, and we see in Romans, God will turn you over to to your sinful desires. 
Uh, he will mm. not be mocked. And we saw it with Israel as well. You want a king? Sure, you can have a king. I was going to be your king. But guess what? You're going to have some bad times now. And we get the elected officials that we vote for. So so whether you want to call it uh, God's wrath being poured out, judgment, whatever it is, we vote for the for these people that that rule unjustly and that hold injustice tightly to themselves and look at justice and disgust. So if that's who you're going to vote for, then we absolutely deserve that. Once again, though, the sovereignty of God is the soft pillow on which I rest my head in times of trouble, political trouble, physical trouble, spiritual, trouble, whatever it is. So so I know that my God is ruling and reigning right now, Amen. Um, and it doesn't matter what the outcome of this election is. I'm called to walk righteously with principle, with a biblical worldview, speak the truth, call out falsehoods, and, and, and keep moving forward and encouraging my brothers and sisters and doing the same. So we could look at this and say, oh, this is, this is horrible. We were expecting a bigger red wave. My hope and my trust is not in a red wave, and I don't suspect it's with either of you brothers either. I think we're on the same page here. So, so I can look at a, an election like this and go, well, I, I would have hoped that it was uh, different. But then again, no one thought that Trump was going to put three – uh, justices on that would change the course of history. Now, Amen. don't get me started on Roe v. Wade. I'm an abolitionist, and I we don't have like, enough time for that. We don't have yeah, enough time yeah, for that. I'm but, not going to get I into it. Saying. I hear what you're saying. You, you know, uh, I don't. I don't like the fact that the, the Supreme Court said, "Hey, we're going to give the states the right to uh, legalize murder." Right? It should have been nipped in the bud right there, <laughs> right yeah. there. This is insane. You don't have a right to this. Yeah. So, so God will use whom He wants. He's in the heavens. He does as He pleases. Um, sometimes it'll look like someone that we don't expect. Sometimes it'll be the person that we absolutely think it is. Uh, either way, um, my, my, my trust is in God. Can I say something else too? And Matt, I'll let you speak because I know you're ready to speak. But listen, <laughs> God, God, God will give us the, the judgment that we want. You know, we vote for these people. He'll give it to us, you know, but also I think that there's, there's a lot of, um, People that think that, you know, look, and we're, we're just we're, there's not that many regenerate Christians in the United States. Like we're such a small movement. Like what what can we really do? God can change these things in a moment. Like when you when you when you see like Nehemiah, you know, writing writing these letters to these pagan kings about like, can you can I have some money to build this wall? Eh, like eh, some people and, and 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 it just he just grants them. He, God just moves their the kings to just grant him whatever he wants. Like. God can Amen. change this in an instant. We got to work like as if we have faith that God could do that today. Like Amen. as if, as if God could do that today. Like we don't have numbers. Yeah, we don't have numbers. We don't have strength. We don't have, you know, the, the power and all this. But, 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 but one day we could just ask for something and God can grant it to us. The Israelites, when they're walking out of e uh, Egypt, they asked their neighbors for money and they got money. Why? Nobody knows. This is a, it's a miracle God worked. You know what I mean? Oh, Nobody knows yeah. why. They just got it. And so we need to understand, like, God can change this thing in an instant. Um, and so there's no, there's no reason for a black pill. There's no reason for negativity because we've got a good God. Mm. <clears throat> Matt, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Man. I, I like really don't want to say it because I think, feel like my pre-mill is going to eke out here and I'm going to be it, totally black pilling. But no, I was no just thinking, me, like, I totally agree with you guys. God could do anything he wants. And I pray all the time for repentance in this country. I think it's absolutely foolish, though, to stay in places that are obviously compromised and there's no hope, uh, especially in places like um, Michigan and these other places. New uh, Hampshire is no, has no hope. New, Ham New York, Michigan, I 
Colorado for sure. Maybe Arizona. We'll see. But even where the the opportunity to vote righteous rulers in is gone now because of the election. Yeah, I, hear you. I hear you, man. I think Look, that I, it's much wiser to have a strategic def, strategic retreat. And I think your first obligation is to your family. And I think it'd be a lot better for Christians to come together in places like Moscow or Cape Coral or some places in Florida where we can build strong communities and regroup. Sounds like Baptist propaganda to me. That's what that sounds like. Hey, hey, hey. I threw in <laughs> Moscow first. I okay, didn't okay. even throw out my place first. Okay? You know I'm not moving to Moscow. Be last last I know what you're saying. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just don't see there's any value in suffering through the judgment that are going to come to these yeah. wicked, evil states. And I think that even though as a nation we are wicked and evil and deserve judgment, I think from what we're seeing, certain states have the opportunity to repent, and some of them are, some of them are not. And I think there's going to be different levels of judgment, and I don't see any value in willingly suffer through the judgment when you don't need to. Mm. Yeah, Matt, I'll, I'll, let me say this. And, and I'm sorry. Uh, let me, let me, I'll let you talk in just a second, but I, I, I don't think that that's blackpilling at all. I think that's a legitimate option. When you see that in the Bible, even he's like, you know, it's okay to run sometimes. Um, I've got even. I think every Christian that lives in a place like where I live or where um, where where you're in Michigan, you know, we have to have a line. You know what I mean? We have to have. Uh, uh, we have to pre-think out. Okay, what is the time when I actually do run? You know what yeah. I mean? What is the time when I actually do get out of here? I've got one in my mind, and I'm not going to necessarily mention it here. But text um, me I, later. I <laughs> like, I'm gonna work to make sure that happens. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but 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 I, I don't think that's black pilling at all because I because I know I listen. I've 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 talked to you a lot. You're not a negative person, but you're a realistic person, and I think yeah. that's just being realistic about things. Go ahead, go ahead, brother. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh no, not at all. Uh, I would say with what Matt was saying, I understand that position, and, and I don't mind if a Christian takes that position. Yeah, I, I think me personally, uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a masochist, or I just like the fight. But at the same time, at the same time, we try to change situations, okay? While God actually changes people's hearts. And kind of, A.D., what you were saying is I've seen it time and time again where I've been in either a political situation or a personal relationship or or something like that to where there seemed to be no room for change. And I've done everything in my power to change it, and yet God moves on the heart. He moves on the spirit, and he changes that. He hardens hearts and softens hearts. And and I like that idea because all all we need is a remnant. The Lord uses a remnant Mm. over and over again. Okay, and I'm not going to get all Kenneth Copeland on you. Don't worry, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but, okay, but I'm, man. But what I'm, <laughs> what I'm, hey, our boy DeSantis had Askel down there though, so I like, I like that. I, heard, I saw better that. Than, that better thing. than the Trump. Uh, I saw that. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, but um, just a tad better. <laughs> hey, 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 that's my pastor. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, oh man, man. No, I, I, that was a joke. That's like, a, that's like a. I'm telling joke. on you. <laughs> oh. I'm, I love Pastor Pastor Askell. Um, oh man, has the tone changed all of a sudden? That I'm was a total joke. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but I think both strategies are okay. Uh, yeah, I know I, that I've been called to fight. I think that's my personality. I think the Lord gave me that personality. There's some weaknesses to that personality, but there's some strengths to it too. And hopefully, 100%. I can use them to glorify God. Amen. Yeah. Totally agree. I think it's a conscience issue. Yeah. I don't condemn anyone who chooses the opposite of what I would do. I would just say is like, yeah, God can do anything he wants. And someday, sometimes he will flip things on a dime. 
but I don't think it's the wisest thing to just expect him to do it. I think it's one thing to see him do it and then stay and cultivate what he's doing. It's another thing to just grind it out and stick through judgment yeah. and expect yeah. him to do that. Those are two oh, different 100%. things in my mind. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Well, Matt, I don't, I don't want to put too much hope into you, but I, I do want you to know that <laughs> my, uh, my, my, the reason why we're in New Hampshire where we're at is my, my wife's parents live here, and he's wanted to live in Florida for his pretty much his whole life. You've been having some conversation. I'm not saying there's anything coming on the on the horizon. What? This is a legitimate possibility oh. at some point in the future. Zillow listings are coming to your phone right after this. <laughs> That's not going to do any good. However, <laughs> anyway, but God bless, man. Hey, Robert, thank you so much for uh, uh, Robert. For pleasure you. talking with you. Actually, wait, you're Greg. Oh, Greg. I'm, I'm going to blame <laughs> yeah. AD on that. Well, yeah, no, it's my well, fault because. Because the, the the private chat is all out of order. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. God bless, man. God Take bless. care. All right. I don't Do know. We have some time for conspiracy theories or something? I guess so. I mean, I, I guess the, the the real crew might be taking over in just a few minutes. Oh, they are. Are Do they you have here? Any conspiracy theories? I have tons of conspiracy theories. Oh, they're here though. They're We're gonna have to here. save that for another show. <laughs> here y'all go we'll talking about conspiracy theories yeah we gotta cut cut whoa, whoa, whoa. AD, ad and matt are going into conspiracy theories yeah. how come i don't got a i camera? just see gabe's white hand i don't even see gabe at this how point how come i don't have oh, a there camera there we go there, 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 it, is. there it is hey, how's it going hey, guys so good how how's these last two hours go so i came from literally basketball practice to, <laughs> to come right into the show so how, how are things been going for the last two hours you guys been watching any trends or anything Basically, no, not really. Basically, Matt has been given pitches to move to Florida this entire time. <laughs> for select people, for the chosen, for the remnant. Now, for the others, I want them to stay in their state, but the select few can come to Florida. Oh, that's great, man. All I right. feel like hey. the red wave basically stopped at Florida. Is what it looks like. Hey, I want to say I've been listening to you guys for the last two hours, and I want to say thank you. You guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Awesome. Um, awesome. You guys you guys have been the A-team. I heard it earlier. You guys talking about the A-team being us when you come <laughs> in. But you guys have been killing it. It's been – you guys have had everybody watching and sharing over, you know, 160 people at a time. Oh, watching and, and uh, you guys have been a very encouraging compared to what I've been listening to from everywhere else. So I just want to say <laughs> thank you guys for filling in for us You're and uh, and rocking. for letting us do it. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. You guys. So yep. do God we want to stay for a little bit? We want him out. We, I think it's time for you guys to leave. I think that's what I'm not saying. <laughs> yeah, so like, like this is like the awkward like okay now you actually are passing it off to the eighteen. I mean, that's, that's yeah, what yeah. happened. <laughs> Thanks for coming over. It's time for you to go play, home. Now. Play some music. I, to, <laughs> okay, I, I really do need to go to bed. Yeah. It's, it's oh, midnight yeah. over y'all. Yeah. Lord All bless right. you guys. God, God bless. bless. Take care, Get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. As you guys already seen, AD and Matt Williams handled the first two hours of the election night coverage, Cross Politic election night coverage. Yeah. Uh, Pastor Toby talking about Tom the Water Boy. We also have a specialist, a sensei. And <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. probably over promising and delivering, but this is great. Uh, Del Courtney is here with us. I've known Del Courtney for years, and I've always enjoyed his political analysis. Yeah, he's, uh, we've been trying to get him on the for a long time. news brief. Yes, I know, uh, do all sorts of stuff for us. So, Del so Courtney, we finally got Del in the studio. We got Del Courtney in studio, but we also have a great lineup coming up yeah. for this show. Um, mm -hmm. William Wolf is actually, he's in 
you know, the, the waiting room right now. We got Dennis Safari who's coming up yep, as well. Yeah. Uh, we got, I mean, who else do we have? We got some great guests. We're going to have some, uh, Zach Lautenschlager. Zach uh, Lautenschlager. Uh, we got, we're, we're, I try to kind of pick a guest kind of in each state a little bit, kind of like what I helped with Matt and so there's AD. Guests. No, no. Yes. Just in kind of the, the hotter, <laughs> the hotter states on the, on the Pacific time zone or on the okay. Western time zone. Okay, good. Well, yeah. I was going to say, you know, I, this is already past my bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And, but, Toby was late because he woke up. There's at least 160 people watching right now you guys go ahead share the show yep. let everybody know the second phase two is just now getting started it's going to start out real strong with william wolf yep. i've been waiting to talk to this guy for a long time um and so we're going to start off strong oh by the way did he, I think he just had a baby really so that's the only Woo! reason he's still up right now william wolf is up yeah he's like he's like yeah i can come on the show i'm just helping my wife yeah, he, you know he's out on the east coast yeah. there and uh you yeah. know so wow what, um, what kind of um baptism is he planning for that well, what he, you know, we can ask him when he gets on. Absolutely. Okay. One of the things that's really interesting is that I always like asking Baptists, so when do you plan to baptize your kid? Yeah. Because it's not a question of if, it's when. Yeah, yeah, when, it's when. when. yeah, yeah. yeah I like uh-huh. that one. Yeah. Where did William go? Is he still there? Oh, he fell out of the room. He's, yeah, he heard he us talking about baptism. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh. Click. <laughs> I think you got a bio for William. Let's go ahead yeah. and... Um, well, I got some updates, too. You got some, okay. We can start kind of going through some of the updates right now. Yeah. Me and Dell can. So uh, if, if you guys haven't been paying attention, uh, J.D. Vance looks like 94% has reported in Ohio, so it looks like J.D. Vance has taken that race. Um, that was Senate. That was one of the big Senate seats yeah, that we needed to get. Um, was that, that was coming off a Democrat... Uh, seat who had it, and then it, it switched to Republican. I believe so. So there's yeah. no incumbent running. Tim, uh, it was uh, against Tim. Yeah, the, Tim uh, Scott. Tim Ryan. Tim, former Tim Ryan. presidential yeah. candidate yeah. Tim, Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. Yeah. It was a lousy presidential candidate. Um, and so the other the other race that's still hot um, is Warnock and Herschel Walker. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's not hot in Georgia right now? Hey, Stacey Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> Do we got video clip of her? Uh, we'll, we'll find her okay. concession speech soon. Okay, it's okay. coming. It's coming up. Uh, and that is with about it's eighty percent reporting. Herschel's actually up a percentage point. Barely. Okay. Barely. Okay. And I'll, go ahead. Keep going. I'm just saying Wolf is going to cover a lot of this. You know, he's Okay, is he in? Is he ready to come in? I, whenever we're ready to bring him in. Let's bring in Wolf. Okay. Let's bring in Wolf. Let's ask him a question that he didn't hear when he got off. What was that? <laughs> About to. <laughs> hey, William. Hey, How you hey, doing, William. Hey. Thanks for coming hey guys, in, man. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey. You look like you got late night baby eyes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, well, yeah, I, I took my contacts out, but I got this ring light. So then in my glasses, it's like a halo. So I put my contacts back in. Here I am. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Raise up your right wrist again. Are you at the hospital? No, I'm home. I'm home. But oh, I, okay. the, I still got the baby thing and I voted thing. So I'm, do, I'm doing my part over here. Oh, man. So when you plan to baptize your baby? Upon a credible profession of faith and evidence of, you know, grace and repentance in their life that, you know, it's not that. necessarily under my authority of the rod. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, but it kind of is because you're getting permission. Wait, hold on. I mean, so, it kind of is a little bit. So soon. Lord willing, as soon as possible. Here we go. Hey, man, here we go. That's all we want. That's all we want. Here we go. William Wolf is husband, father of, of three now? Is that three right or four? Three. three. Yeah, three. Okay. Ten years of conservative politics, former congressional yeah. mm-hmm. staffer, senior official in the Trump administration, writer for the Standing for Freedom Center, fellow at Center for Renewing America, and finishing currently his MDiv at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Thank you for jumping on. And a Twitter warrior. Can we say that too? Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. For Thanks real. for having me, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. So can you bring us up to speed? What What are some of the big 
things on your radar tonight that you've mm. seen um, that are maybe exciting you, maybe surprising you? And distill it down for us. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, my predictions were off, so I'm going to have to clean, walk that back. I got to say, looking at polling data leading up to a lot of these races, we were seeing late-breaking polls showing close races in New Hampshire, in Colorado, mm -hmm. in Washington, mm -hmm. as well as good polling in Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio. So when you were putting a map together like that and you're looking at the complete dissatisfaction of, of, across any measurable metric, economy, inflation, gas mm -hmm. prices, you know, you know, the kitchen table politics, I was, mm -hmm. I was thinking we were really cruising towards a real red wave. I predicted 55 Senate seats total. Whoa. Look, I will say this, though. I, th I still am convinced, even at this point in the night, Republicans take control of the House, take control of the Senate, yeah. but I think it's going to be close. So that's, that's where we are. It's not going to be the wave that we thought. That said, a couple of big highlights really are. Vance absolutely crushed it in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Now, to be clear, that actually isn't a pickup. That's not a pickup. That was a Republican uh, seat. It was an open okay. seat. Okay. So, um, but, man, that's big. I, I think Vance is a real bright spot, and that tells us a lot about where Ohio is for 2024. A lot more I could say, but I'll stop yeah. there. No, no, keep going. Keep going. I want to hear yeah, what, keep, what Yeah, go for it, man. We're not going to stop you here. Right on it yeah, off. So, man, you got your contacts in. Go. Yeah, yeah. So, so look, I mean, I think I still feel pretty good about Georgia. I think Walker can pull it out there. Uh, now, if he can, that'll be a pickup. And right, now, right now, right now, what, what, what happened? What happened? <laughs> right, right now, it's tied with uh, uh, they're forty nine, forty nine with eighty nine percent of the vote uh, in Georgia. Yeah, it's going to be close. It's going to be it's going to be really close there. Mm -hmm. Look, Republicans only need one seat technically. Once that's it, one seat right. to, to flip the Senate. So that could mm -hmm. be Walker. Uh, we held on in North Carolina. Ted Budd pulled it out. I will say this. I've seen a couple of narratives already developing, which are really interesting to me, which is this, that like Trump took an L. And look, I mean, regardless of what you think about Trump, I mean, he was in Ohio last night. People are saying like Trump back candidates lost. Vance is one of the strongest Trump back candidates that was yeah. out there. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going to try to parse tonight as sort of a referendum, like the nail mm -hmm. in the coffin on Trump, mm -hmm. and I'm not exactly sure that that's the right way to parse it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, don't you think, though, Ohio, since it was Republican and it remained Republican, that that was kind of a relatively easier win for Trump and his endorsement? Well, yeah, no, I mean, no doubt about it, right? But Vance, you know, Vance really, like, battled it out in a crowded primary. He, he, mm -hmm. did, he didn't do super well in the primary. It's been neck and neck, and he's he's notched a substantial win. Yes. I, last I yeah. looked, he was I think like five points up. He's eight now. Line. He's eight, eight now. Okay. Yeah, wow. with, with ninety five percent of the vote in, so it's yeah. pretty pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. so he's got That's it, man. So what do you think of the Oz uh, Fetterman situation? First of all, um, it's eighty percent of the vote have been tallied. Uh, uh, Fetterman is at forty nine point three. Oz is at forty eight point three. So it's about a point point difference there. Um, first of all, Oz is like about the worst candidate in the race right now and about the worst candidate Trump endorsed. Sure. Um, and, and, and he, he can't right now, he's not even beating a stroke victim. <laughs> right. I mean, facts, you know, you know, well, do you think there's anybody else to run outside of Oz? Who could have run? I mean, I don't, honestly, man, like in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, I I don't even remember who he was running against in the primary. I like I like that black girl, Kathy. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Kathy that's right. was awesome. Okay, so this is a really interesting point, and I was thinking about this in the lead up to this show, and I want to make it is that there's a real big difference between candidates who are actually Trumpist 
Trumpy in their yeah. policies yeah. and what they believe, and then there are candidates that Trump endorses, and those are two very different yeah. things. Oz is not so. DeSantis is, I think, inarguably the sort of best Trump like successor candidate in terms of how mm -hmm. he campaigns. Carrie Lake too. So those are people mm -hmm. who who campaign like Trump and appeal to voters like Trump. Oz yeah. is not that at all. He's just yeah, the no. guy that Trump endorsed. Does that difference make sense? That, that's no. very helpful. Also, also, he's not even barely, he's barely pro-life. Like, yeah. he's already touting, like, hey, I'll go in and fight for the 15-week abortion ban federally. Yeah, but what does it say you know, about, so what does it say about people, though, that they're willing to take somebody who's kind of brain dead over against somebody? I know. I, I, that's I'm my, just, that's my point. can you answer that for me? Like, what is, is that where our politics is? Is like, man. I'll take the stroke victim over uh, <laughs> us, over the TV doctor. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's crazy, man. Look, that's I mean, legit. we're in a dark, we're in a dark moment, right? Like at this point, we're really, uh, in, in some ways, it's clarifying. Like candidates are just increasingly becoming avatars of the political mm -hmm. party and machine that they represent, and people don't really care who they are, what you know, what what they're going to do. Now, in some ways, that's kind of clarifying too. Uh, but man, like I got to say, though, Sean Davis, he's a guy I respect a lot. He's with the Federalist, and he, you know, I saw an interesting tweet from him. He said, you know. Why is it when we thought everything was going to go the way that it is that it's shaping out exactly how it looked like in 2020, more or less, right now? Mm -hmm. So, interesting huh. comment from Sean. Lots to think through there. Does this have anything? So, depending on how this ends, mm -hmm. um, do you think this has implications for the next election? And what can you expect from that, depending on how this ends? Yeah, I mean, it, I think, well, look, I mean, if, if this ends without the Republicans sealing control of the House and the Senate, even if it's on a slim margin, then, then we're going to be in one of those periods where it's like a ton of self-reflection, right? Like, huh, we're going to take a long look in the mirror and stuff like that. If, if, they come out, if they come out with, you know, control of Congress, I think essentially we're going to see the same scenario play out, you know, even if they had taken a much bigger control of Congress, right? Because we're still going to have divided government. Biden's going to veto anything they throw at them they were never going to have a veto proof majority mm -hmm. in the house and the senate anyway so i think that we're going to see a lot of oversight if they can take control a lot of oversight of the department of justice the fbi you know mm -hmm. the, the folks who mayor garland coming off coming after like parents and stuff like that pro-lifers so yeah pro-lifers there's been tons yeah. of crackdown pro-lifers so i think if they, as long as they can take control and hold it then i think I think it sets us. I think it sets up 2024 in the same way, more or less, as if there had been a red wave, so to speak. Let, let's uh, let's bring, let's keep Stephen, uh, uh, not Stephen, Stephen Wolf. Your, that's your, his your brother. brother that's your brother, his, Stephen Wolf. That's his brother no, from a, that's his brother, brother from another mother. But, yeah, yeah. but they got the same father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> same heavenly father. Hey, he's got the blood. He's got the blood. Uh, let's keep William in, and let's bring in Dennis because I want to talk about Arizona we got, with William. Yeah, here, okay? we got Dennis in right now. Hey, um, Dennis Safarati. What's up, homeboy? What's going on, guys? Hey, Good to have Dennis. Why don't you uh, read Dennis's bio real quick? And Dennis, our audience. retired Major League Baseball player who God saved while playing overseas in Japan. He and his wife, Jada, have been involved in the battle to end abortion since 2015. After suffering a baseball injury in 2020, Dennis became president of Action for Life, and he's now devoted his life to ending abortion and fighting relentlessly for the preborn. He lives in Arizona with Jada and their three daughters. Dennis, thanks and, for joining and, us. Uh, and son. 
That and son, son. Had a, yeah, they had a baby boy. All these guys in here just having babies? I like this. Yeah, when, when are you going to baptize him? I think Knox tried to baptize him at ReformCon. We were close to the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I love the kids. So does Jesus. <laughs> so, Dennis, uh, yeah, Arizona. what's been going on yeah. in Arizona tonight? Well, I'll tell you what happened earlier today. Earlier yeah, today, let's start there. People were going to the polling stations trying to vote, and the machines were not tabulating correctly. They were told to go to another precinct, and then when they got to the other precinct, they said, well, you already voted, so you can't vote. I do know that uh, both Blake Masters and Carrie Lake uh, filed lawsuits that were actually denied by a federal or a state judge. Mm-hmm. And so they are sitting not too pretty right now. Masters is down by about 19 points and Carrie Lake's down by, mm-hmm. I think, 10. Um, you know, this, this state used to be red throughout. And what ends up killing it is Maricopa County changing over to, to blue. Mm-hmm. In the past, it was all the, the tribal areas, right? It was all the Indian tribes in Cochise County and all these other counties that were solid blue. But mm-hmm. now you think that with with Maricopa County where I live. And, um, yeah, I, I think I'm moving to Florida. <laughs> oh, wow. Matt, Matt convinced you. So, so specific numbers right now, 48% of the votes only reported. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and you got uh, Masters at 40%, Kelly at 57%. So you got about a 17-point yeah. gap there. Yeah. Uh, Hobbs is at – this is the governor's race, Hobbs and Lake. Hobbs is at 56%. Uh, Kerry Lake's at 43%. How, so Sway? Got, How? Uh, William, what's going yeah. on there? Well, look, I think, I mean, I'll defer to Dennis on this one, certainly being on the ground, but I think a lot of the vote that's left to come in in Arizona is going to continue to push Lake and Masters yeah. back towards oh. the top. So I'm not writing off Arizona yet. I mean, I, I, I'm a, maybe you know, a sucker for punishment and eternal optimist, but Carrie Lake was just a phenomenal candidate. She, kept, yeah. mm-hmm. she, 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 she manhandled the press every time she engaged with them. Like yeah. Masters also, I mean, again, the polling there towards the end was showing neck and neck with actually some of the breaking out for Masters. So I'm not ready to write that off yet. I'm holding out hope there for sure. Dennis, do you – I'm just wondering the temperament of the people there in Arizona. I mean, this has to be – I mean, we ended with Caracopa the last election. We're starting – I woke up this morning. I barely opened my eyes, and the first thing that I'm reading is there is a real election. Yeah. I, I mean – just what's the temperament of the people there and what are we going to see your very own Arizona's January 6th kind of set up if this doesn't go well they've already been talking about people who are concealed carrying and running around with guns everywhere what's the temperament there were there were some uh good patriots at some of the polling stations carrying ARs making sure that stuff was going down correctly you know, I kind of believe, William, I, I don't think it's going to be this big of a, a blowout. I do think they'll catch up. I see a lot of Teslas with California license plates driving around in my neck of the woods. And I, I think what ends up happening is you have all these people that hate what they have to live under in the Republic of California or the communist country of California. Mm-hmm. And they come to Arizona and they, and they vote the same way. So I think we're just seeing an, extent, an extension of California moving in. This is a huge tech sector over here. I'm telling you, I'm surrounded by IT geeks and doctors okay. not from okay. here. And so they, mm-hmm. they bring their own way of voting in, and it's, it's split my district. So my district is one that used to be heavily, heavily uh, Republican, a lot of farmers, 
uh, Cowboys, and when they redistrict, they split it, and now it's a fight. It's a fight to see who's going to win this side. Um, I don't know, man. I hope they all went to the polls. I hope that a lot of this stuff got handled. I thought it saw in 56 of the 60 polling places they did fix the issue. But, um, I mean, I'm going to go to bed soon. I hope when I wake up I got an early Christmas present. Dale, what are your thoughts on this, Dale? Yeah, I have uh, lots of friends that were in Arizona, in fact, left Arizona. And the weird thing about Arizona is the last time it went for a Democrat before Biden was for Clinton. And Obama didn't even carry Arizona in his Mm, two terms. And and so for Biden to carry Arizona, it really freaked everybody out. Yeah. Um, And which led to a lot of questioning of the validity of the election because of that. Yeah. (laughs) Say it again, William. I said Carry Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. Yeah. Oh, we got yeah. conspiracy theories. Yeah. I'm trying to get kicked off of YouTube. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you have Katie Hobbs, who is the actual one that is in control of the elections in the state of Arizona, with her name on the ticket for governor, and she didn't recuse herself. So that's like the person who counts the tithe at church that says, "Hey, I'm not going to count it with anyone else, or I'm going to take it home and count it." Like you just don't do that. There is accountability. And uh, I don't like it. You know, that when, when Obama didn't get the vote here is because Mitch, uh, Mitt Romney, Mormon, heavy Mormon population here, and then McCain, who lives in Arizona. Um, I don't know if it would, that would have mattered if they would have went more towards Obama back then. But uh, I definitely see a lot of more. I mean, there's still people with Trump flags in their yard. There's still Trump stores all around up in the mountains, and you get to northern Arizona. So it's hard to believe that this state is blue or turning blue, blurple, whatever you want to say. But um, we need to we need to right this ship. You know, you know, Dennis. I know in the state of Idaho, you know, we have a similar problem with a lot of Californians, Oregon, Oregonians, Washingtonians moving in. And the data that I've seen is about four out of five voters that are moving into Idaho are generally voting um, Republican or conservative. Oh wow! And, and so we're largely tending to get reinforcements here in Idaho. Our problem is that we've kind of homegrown liberalism in Idaho through the public school system. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, and I would challenge even Texas, the same problem with Texas. Texas had this huge conservative, was this huge conservative state. And over the years, the liberals have been chipping away at it. And I don't think it's because the tech sector is moving in Austin city. Austin, Austin city has been liberal for a long time. It's still liberal. Um, and I, I, my my guess is that we're home growing liberals in a lot of these states and then trying to blame it on, you know, the blue imports from out of state. I'm not convinced on that. Um, and, I, and I agree. Florida didn't see that at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, the massive influx in Florida right. uh, has been all conservatives. Right. And some are even saying that the ones that are going to Texas are more conservative than the Texans. There you go. But that I would actually confirm yeah. what you're saying, that the public schools are, are home growing liberals. Hey, um, Dennis, and I actually want to get uh, William's take on this as well. Um, have you been following some of there, there's been some abortion referendums uh, in several of the states um, mm-hmm. this um, election day? I'm curious if you followed them and what your take is on them. Are you talking with regards to Kansas and some of the other ones that yeah, Michigan, 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 uh-huh. Michigan and maybe Kentucky? Yeah, yeah it's where they're finding it in their own state constitutions to allow abortions or that the, their own constitutions mm-hmm. has language that says abortions are a, a right to the citizens. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think I think across the board, you're going to see 
the pro-choice, the pro-aborts fight the way we should have been fighting uh, from the get-go ever since Roe got put in and into law um, in the 70s. I, I don't know if it holds up in some of these states. That's a big issue right now. I mean, I'm looking at Arizona, and one of the main things, women really flooded the polls. And mm. dealing with end abortion now here in Arizona on the front lines, mm-hmm. a lot of women don't don't like to have their rights to kill babies taken away. And um, and that's one that holding on. And Blake Masters got got crushed for that because he was in his primary. He said that he would he was no exceptions. He was going to end it. Uh, so, oh, there she can give him a concession speech. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna yeah, yeah, get yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put that in keynote. Not yeah. not in the not in the stream. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah so, um, I think it's going to be it's you know abortion is a very touchy subject. But I just saw in the poll today that. 10% of Americans think that that's the main thing. The main thing is the economy. So I guess they still care about killing babies and very little. Okay. William? Yeah, it's it's pretty disappointing, honestly, guys. I don't have a lot of great news on that front. Here in Kentucky, we had uh, constitutional we had an amendment to the Constitution on the ballot, so a, a ballot measure. And uh, it was just to clarify. It was clarifying that the Kentucky Constitution did not provide a right to an abortion. And my, it looks like it's losing right now with 85% of the vote in. It's at like 53 to 47. So that's that's really disappointing here in Kentucky. And then I think there was one in Montana as well that was provide like was ensuring that any infant born alive would receive uh, the necessary medical treatment. And that Man. looks like that's going to lose as well, Man. which is just uh-huh. like wow. disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it looks like. You know, it, it's really – I will say this, though. Like, so that's bad, and it's, it, I think most of the pro-life amendments are going to be a wash across the board. That said, it's not clear at all that abortion has animated the Democrats the way that they thought it would. They thought yeah. post-Roe it would really rally their base, and it, it seems like we're kind of going to be a wash on that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. What do you take – what's your take on the uh, uh, Georgia governor's race? Not right now, Kemp. You know, he he's, looks like he's a pretty locked in win. Uh, he's up at 54, 53, 54 uh, percent. Abrams is at 45 percent. When they did call it for Kemp, uh, which how much is reporting? How much racism. Report? That's all I got to say. Racism. 90%, racism. She was robbed. So, but, mm, but, doing a black woman like that. <laughs> racist thing I didn't see. So the, 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 I think the most racist race is between Walker and um, Warnock. <laughs> I don't know. Did you just call Walker white? No, I didn't. I don't know who to vote for if I'm black. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Do you follow me? No, no. You don't follow me. Um, but so we got we got Walker and Warnock. They're actually neck and neck, which is um, if if Kemp is winning, you would think Walker would draft on on Kemp a little bit, and that doesn't seem they're neck and neck right now. Ninety percent reporting. What's your take on on that? Well, I mean, I think that the candidate disparity, at least in the perception, the way that it was being painted in the media, obviously, I think, quite frankly, too, look, Walker wasn't the strongest candidate. Camp was <laughs> polished. You know, yeah, he, he yeah. wasn't, you know, like Warnock's not a strong candidate either, though. Right. Like, but uh, which I'm kind of I'm pretty shocked he pulled it off in the first place. Uh, but Kemp Kemp was always going to pull ahead of Walker. And the hope was that that gap was going to be like maybe four points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And if it stayed mm-hmm. with like four or five, that would definitely make sure that Walker got across the finish line. And I still think we're close to that. 
but mm-hmm. ma- I think it's I think it's maybe that's one of the what the, there's one of the main talking points you brothers will all see tomorrow is candidate quality candidate quality that's yeah. the, they're, they're gonna say that but honestly it's really it's really picky right because again JD Vance is like somebody who like you could easily like use the candidate quality card on just because of his overall demeanor but uh, I think on the, I think with this one it might actually be the case of candidate quality a lot of questions with Walker. Um, is why he's trailing a little further behind camp than we hope. Well, because you think about it, you think, I mean, Ron DeSantis, to me, has really kind of laid down the, the template of what it means to be conservative and how his conservative pitch basically um, uh, really caused him to win Florida in a major way. Like he was, you know, against wokeness, pro-family, against the trans, against the, know, lockdowns. Against the lockdowns. That's the pitch. Yeah, but he can come out for that stuff because of how he got people out of the lockdowns. Yeah. I don't think if it wasn't for the lockdowns, he'd be nearly as bold on everything else. You got to remember the domino effect that came here. It was lockdowns first yeah. and then uh-huh. the rest of everything else that right. happened because of that. So I don't, I don't think if he would have stood strong, wouldn't have stood strong on the lockdowns, I don't think he would have had the same kind of voice. He was able to tie all that together to a type of tyranny yeah. that you can't tie that to separately because he was strong. Mm-hmm. And I think any other person who's a, a governor that was strong on that could tie all those things yeah. together. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, this can go to uh, both you guys. I'm just wondering, one of the things that I think was Steve Dace talked about, that the black vote is kind of minuscule this time around, um, and, and to you too, Dale, uh, it doesn't seem that black voters are too excited. And particularly, I've heard this coming from the left. Black male voters might want Warnock, but don't want Abrams. And there is this mm. kind of, um, while they still might not be moving right, they're not, the they're not happy about feminism permeating their culture. The problem I have is I don't know why you don't see Warnock as a feminist, too, <laughs> ultimately. Pro, pro, pro toy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. – but, what is it? What is it you think is resonating? A female with adjacent guy. Yeah, thank you. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's but, but so so. It's kind of weird to me that they're seeing like, yeah, we don't want Abrams, but we we'll take Warnock, but we can't go completely right on this. It's not like the black voters went and voted right. They didn't vote at all, so they lost them. But there's something particularly happening in black culture in the black vote as it relates to men and masculinity versus women in leadership. Do you guys speak on that at all? Dennis, you're up first. You're, 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 you're an athlete, Dennis. You're up first. I mean, it's how do you how do you vote for someone that puts inflation with killing babies, right? We're going to end inflation, and the only the only way to combat inflation is kill more babies. I, I think. But, but which, they is, still, which is one of her pitches. Well, well, but, but they still they still will go for Warnock, which ain't politically different from Abrams. So there's something else going on there. This, so might, right? get me a lot, this might get me in a lot of trouble, but we got into a lot of trouble in this country when we let women vote. So when we let women get into the voting, our country shifted in a very, very bad way. And so then it's an emotional, right? They're very emotional. So when you put them in charge of things, they get very emotional. It's hard to have a lady that's that off the cusp to be in charge of a state. Do you know who was the first governor to open their state back up during COVID? You South guys know? Dakota. Yeah, South, South Dakota. Dakota. They never Kemp. closed, actually. They never closed. Kemp, Georgia. 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 Kemp was so people really? that they got back to work. They were out free, and they said, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Maybe they just like that he opened up the state, 
and and he was the first one, and then DeSantis followed right after him. So maybe they like that. Maybe they like their freedom a little bit better than what they thought they would have got from her. Mm, interesting, William. Yeah, I mean, I, I like look. Trump Trump ran ahead with with the black vote just in general from Mitt Romney. He he in 2016 he yeah. picked up a greater share of the black vote than Mitt Romney. Then in 2020, again, everything gets lost in the 2020 overall narrative. But Trump again, Trump outperforms his 2016 numbers with mm-hmm. the black vote in 2020 and with black men. I think. I mean, I think men, and I don't think I don't think it matters what color you are. I think men are drawn to strong masculine leadership. So I think like you know, that, I think that helps explain it. And I, look, Abrams, Abrams is a historically unlikable candidate. She's uh-huh. you know she's LARPing as like you know the president of the galaxy on these Star Wars or Star Trek <laughs> shows, refusing to concede that you know the she she's a perpetual election denier denier herself. There's nothing special. There's nothing special about her. So she's particularly unexciting. Warnock might have credibility in the community as a quote unquote minister, reverend, pastor. That probably kind of helps carry some cachet for yeah. him. So I think that's what explains it. Well, you know, he's you got to remember Warnock is at he was at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church. So, um, and I think if you look at how he's wow. campaigned, he's campaigned on the smaller level, mostly at kind of black environments. Um, 30, 40 people hitting them in that level. He's got a huge standing inside of the black community and black churches. Herschel Walker is going out to an event and he's talking about football games that people usually love watching football games and he's more in the rural areas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a difference there as well. I, I just, with all the masculinity, they, they want masculinity, but they don't want to go all the way. And there's something that's there. And I'm, our, our, I don't whole, think it's, our boy Ricardo Davis is in the comments and he says it, he's, he's calling for a runoff. Between Walker and Warnock, he thinks there's going to be a runoff. Ricardo Davis was on the show Which earlier. Which is yeah. what would happen in December, so similar to what happened last time. It, Warnock so, was in the runoff. Yes, that's what he said remember. earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dale, right. Dale, what's your talk, take yeah. on that? I'm curious what your take is on that. On the Georgia? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I don't think either one's going to make that percent. No, no, well, it was a black. The disparity Colin, between Stacey Abrams and, 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 and Warnock. And, and I have to agree. I think it was Vince that said that. I don't think the uh, the color matters there. It's men are drawn to more masculine men. And I think that's true across the culture. But why, but why not Walker then? Is that just because he's too far? He's too far right? But but maybe. I mean, um, less less well known in the, especially in the black community in Atlanta. I mean, he was Hershel Walker. Hershel Walker. That guy did a hundred push-ups every day. <laughs> well, like Knox said, with with the um, his background in the black church and with MLK, that's true. That's true. Uh, all of that yeah, has okay. been ingrained in the culture there. If you got to rate, if you have to gauge on who's blacker, Hershel Walker. <laughs> Or Raphael Warnock, it's Warnock. Really? Hands down. Really? Yes. Man. He's in the football, community. Football he, star he, he, versus... His church, is, his church that he was pastoring, he's got the hand from Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. himself. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. There isn't anybody. Yeah. And then this is why you got pastors, Jamal Bryant saying, you know, um, Herschel Walker has done everything white folks have told him to do. Told him to run the ball this way. Told him... Oh, and that play, wow, and so wow. when you have that, then his black, you know, he doesn't qualify and as a black run candidate. The white play with Planned Parenthood. There, there isn't, there isn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Listen, I know you guys. You guys have newborns, new babies. William and oh, Dennis, you thank you guys so yeah, much for being on you. here. Your time, yeah. we appreciate it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say? Can I say one more thing, real quick? One or two? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You can All stay right. on if you want to. I two like comments. You. First of all, is I think that I think regardless of the end of the day numbers, 
this uh, what happened in Florida with DeSantis, honestly, what, what's been going on with Trump since 2016 with Youngkin in Virginia, like Republican candidates have to lean into the culture war 100 percent. I yep. think that like like you said, COVID's a big part of it. But I, I think that really Florida and mm-hmm. and other races are a validation of Republicans okay. like kind of shaking off this like, oh, we're going to run a corporate tax reform. No, like fight, fight against wokeness, fight it for the culture Two, yep. these libertarians need to get out of the races. They're killing us. Like in, in Georgia and in other places, you've got these libertarian candidates peeling off 2% of the votes that probably would have gone to Republicans. And I know y'all got some strong libertarian streaks out there in Idaho. Mm-hmm. So I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm talking to you guys here or not, but like, I think like this is something, this is something the Republican party in general needs, needs to wrestle with. There's just, there's no viable third party options not coming anytime soon. And it, it, if we're going to have these neck and neck races, Man, libertarians are essentially handing some of these nail biters to Democrats. It's not helping. I, I, I think you're 100 percent right that the that that one the one thing that DeSantis proves too is like leaning into the culture war is gonna get you more votes. Right. Uh, J.D. Vance, same thing. He's right. the he's one of the candidates leaning into the culture war. Right. I mean, Dr. Oz was not leaning into the culture war. He was not. But Trump supported no. him. <laughs> Dennis, you got the, you got the last word before I let you guys go. Dennis. Hey, Trump supported Carrie Lake, Masters, and uh, who else am I leaving out? Carrie Lake, Masters. Who's the other one in Arizona going for something? Anyway, I think people are trying to separate themselves from Trump a little bit. Um, but I, I, I did see that he has some big news coming up next week in Florida. Maybe it's the day after uh, DeSantis' win. He's going to step down and let DeSantis run. I hope. I need to hear a little po- more post mill out of Dennis right now. But that was pretty post mill. <laughs> Dude, I go to Apologia, bro. You know that post mill. <laughs> hey, appreciate William and Dennis. You guys know this, especially you, William. You're the first yep. time on first here, time and brother. You're welcome to come back anytime you want. Just let For us real. know. Thank you. This was last minute. I asked him on Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, man, let's do it." So well, appreciate and, you. And congrats on that new baby. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, gotta gotta come. I'm almost done with it. Gotta come back on and and talk right. about how we how we get this to Baptist. I, <laughs> okay, I, like I want to have like that conversation. That. Let's, do it. Let's, do it. Let's do it. Thank you. Bye, William. Hey, guys. Dennis, yeah. appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Keep hey, going after it. Cheers. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to work everything here. So let's. Uh, we got. We have. Uh, I don't want to miss that point though. Which conservatives one? before Trump came. Right. In 2016, conservatives, right. the whole pitch right. was you got to stop, you got to drop the social issues. Right. Focus on the economy, right. focus on you know immigration, focus on security, wall, uh, 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 troops and overseas battles and stuff. Right. That was the pitch. Right. And then and then Trump came along and he largely focused on the cultural battles. Right. Build the wall. Well, remember remember when we had the the, the governor's show. And we had Brad Little, who's been our governor, and I assume is probably in, in, is being reelected today, um, even though I didn't vote for him. Um, the uh, uh, he, we had him at, at a table with us, and and he and he agreed, he said um, with with Trump, Trump had just got elected. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. And it was the it was the following year. Now that Trump's elected, um, now this is a time to be brave and courageous, yeah. push hard, because now we got to. More conservative attorney general. He won't come after conservative states for being so conservative. And I said, "All right, what you gonna do? You're elected. What you gonna do?" And he said, "You know what?" He said, "I think we have 
some really poor roads in Idaho. I think, oh. we, I think oh. we could really improve our roads. Yeah. Infrastructure. Infrastructure. And yeah. I said, what? Well. Now that Trump's in office, you're going to improve our, our potholes? You actually spit your beer out, I think. Something. You said I, that. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, what? Don't forget, Pete Buttigieg has some power because of what he's doing with the roads. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been on to something. So I want to I want to talk a little broader. Zach Lattenschlager. He's in. The, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try and bring this. Okay, I'm gonna try and do this on the spot. I'm gonna try and bring this Stacey Abrams and Kemp in while we bring in Zach Lattenschlager. Okay, but um, I, I was wanting to talk some broader issues. Maybe we can talk after Zach Zach Lattenschlager. We'll have a gap between guests and we can talk some broader issues and stuff. Okay. I want to talk some other ballots measures. Why, and stuff that, why don't you go ahead and bring Zach in? I'll see if I can. So you got the bio. Oh, you want me to bring yeah, him? Yeah, in? you got the bio. Okay, bring in Zach. Zach has. Um, that's too long of a bio. I mean, he's just done too much stuff. He's amazing. I told you not to read it all. <laughs> yeah, well, they put it in my notes here like this, and now i got to edit on the fly, so I'm sorry if I botch it. But 24-year veteran of professional politics, running and building hundreds of, success, hundreds of successful campaigns and political operations. Uh, we first met Zach when he was the vice president of the National Association for gun rights. I remember when he came on the show, worked to build and lead its 4.5 million member army. He's the founding partner at Red Mountain Direct, a full-service political consulting shop with an emphasis on legislative, <coughs> excuse me, project management, campaign management, and so on. Uh, he and his team are currently engaged in campaigns for statewide office and for Congress. Um, Zach, uh, in particular, is seeking to end abortion and defend freedom. Zach, thanks for coming back on Cross Politics. Thanks for having me on. I need to update uh, my bio too. I, I didn't change it after the primary. No, oh, there you go. So that, go ahead. I'm sorry. What, what happened? Wait, no, I got a bone to pick. What happened to Priscilla Giddings, man? Coming oh, out yeah. of you. Coming I out understand. To you. I understand. Um, I didn't see you guys on our donor list either, so I'll, oh, I'll throw that out. Oh, he had the list. <laughs> well, time out. He had not, the list. Not, not everything. Whoa, that's got to blow the belt, Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's calling us out publicly. You started it. we got to answer this because I'm not letting this fly. It wasn't like we had her on the show or anything. Oh, you God. did. It wasn't, and it wasn't I'll, like I'll give you that. She, can, she had she, the cross-politic bump. She could come on here. <laughs> okay, maybe you're right, Zach. Maybe, <laughs> maybe money was more valuable. Maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> it can taint you more than it can help you. That's a good point. It, All right. It was a good race. So yeah, that, wait, wait. I, I really actually want to know, what do you think was the – why do you think um, Priscilla lost the bed key here in Idaho? Sure. Well, first of all, you have a candidate who is tremendously gifted, talented, and is very winsome. Um, not but Bedke. for no, not Bedke. Bedke yeah. is is not. He's a um, Yes, and so with that, and with a, a you know, then I guess no modesty intended, but a very solid campaign in which we won over eighty percent of the people that we talked to, and mm. came within eight thousand votes of uh, of a full win after a year of being accused of doxing a rape victim and yeah. absolutely. Doing everything we possibly could, apparently, to uh, to hurt women in in Idaho, and so I'm fairly proud of the uh, of the number of votes that Priscilla actually did win um, yeah. after, after being run through the ringer to that extent. Right. Yes, I I wish we could have talked to a few more people. Yeah, that's um, what that's what but, frustrated me about that race was Bedke was just such a liar in that race, and you know, the evidence was just, out there, and a lot of the thousands of dollars of public money yeah. for his campaign. And and then he put up this kind of uh, kangaroo, um, you know, discipline. Uh, uh, what a committee. What do they call them? The committee. Anyways, 
and basically convicted Priscilla of... I like of, to call them lynch mobs, but go ahead. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's roughly... Basically, he structured the whole Senate or, or legislators against her, and they kind of went up through... What, what, what do you call it when you go through... Ethics committee? Ethics committee, ethics. yes. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and convicted her of an ethics violation. Yeah. And all the evidence was, was transparent in there. And our local legislator, uh, Brandon Mitchell, didn't say anything. A lot of these people just all cowed to Bedkey and the lies yeah. that he was speeding, and no one would speak out. is is, is wicked. Well, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't vote for Bedkey. No, <laughs> ne- neither neither did I. I didn't vote for him today. But it just that, that election particularly really got me um, because of the lies that happened, and including our local legislators, no one speaking out against Bedkey and what he did. Yeah. It, was, it was wicked. It was just straight rhino, wicked, wicked rhino. <laughs> Classic stuff. I need to get, come um, up with something better than this. We can expect things like this from them. And yeah. the other reality is that we didn't quite run the camp, you know, hard enough campaign. I mean, the reality, ultimately, we didn't raise enough dollars to talk to enough. Now we raised almost 750000 We were neck wow. and neck with Bedkey on spending. Um, wow. But he, as far as reported spending, um, uh-huh. but he had about $200,000 of state funds that he spent. Um, on those hearings and to publish them. Um, and that, that made the difference. Um, so, you know, sometimes you run campaigns and you do everything you can do and you look back and go, okay, we could have done these things differently. Um, the main thing we could have done is push to raise more money, um, and then spend that money effectively. But sometimes you do everything you can and, and you still lose. And, and that's the way it is. Zach, are you currently involved? Do you have candidates running, uh, today? Um, I do not. That's why I said I needed to update that, uh, okay. that bio. I uh, okay. didn't didn't read it all the way through before I sent it to you. So okay. uh, that's on me. Um, no worries. We ended our ended our campaigns in um, in June and didn't take any um, any races for the primary or for the general. Excuse me. So yeah. Zach, I just have to ask. You know, for you, are you excited about anything that's happening right now? Where what do you, what's your perspective on what what you currently see? Oh, I didn't even get a chance to ask William about the fact that we don't have. Everybody's talking about the delayed elections. Maybe we'll ask you about that. Yeah. But what, what's what's exciting you right now? What's not exciting you? The red wave, you want it? Well, um, it's always good to take power away from a party that has it and give it to the other party. That's not a bad thing. Um, but we're we're not going to place our faith in um, you know Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. Um, right. That's that's not going to save America. Right. Turtle McConnell. Um, what? <laughs> so and. America has a long history of throwing the bums out, right? Um, that's what we do, and that, this is the midterms, and so Republicans have an advantage. You also have a lot of uh, a lot of problems in the Biden administration, and so you know we'll see. These are all good things, um, but it's something that we've talked about a little bit privately and uh, talked a bit uh, publicly about it. ReformCon, um, America is not won or lost, saved or destroyed in one election. That's not the way it works. It's trends. Um, it's decades, sometimes mm. it's centuries. And so, mm. you know, in, in a nation that hasn't been around that long, um, it, it still takes a while. Um, and so what are we, you know, what, what lessons will the politicians learn? I, I happened to catch a little bit of the last segment as you guys were, were talking with William and Dennis and the, the point, um, that it's going to, you know, we we want to look and say, OK, what lessons do Republicans need to learn here? Um, talking about 
uh, more social issues, for example, and leaning into those. That's a very good point. Um, and so those are the types of things that, to watch in elections. It's not really about which party controls what. Um, if you believe that changing parties is going to save America, you have not been paying attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man. Wait, I don't understand anything you just said. So you just said that if we go a red wave, it really don't matter. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you trust the Republican Party to save you, if you believe that the salvation that comes through red through the red wave is because red wave is because Republicans are now in control, mm-hmm. that's when has that happened? When's the last time Republicans in control was a good thing as okay. far as policy goes? But what we do want is for Calvin politicians on both sides. Sure, I, I could. I probably could agree with that. Although I'm not sure, I'd have to go look and see what the makeup of his legislative bodies yeah. was. Um, but to answer your question, Chuck, I think that it comes down to teaching the politicians on all sides um, what they have to do to win, because that's all they care about, and that <laughs> is the entire point of government by the consent of the governed. Mm. Okay. All right. So. Here's here's my question. When you look at the last so you got Trump, he gets House and Senate, right? Then right. loses loses what does he lose? He loses this the House. And doesn't get much done. Right, I mean right. the reality you know what we did get? We got a bunch of uh judicial confirmations. Yeah. Which yep. it bears, right, right, right. And bears fruit and bears fruit and that was great. But that's right. about it. So yeah. then but so it seems like we have this you know, you get a conservative president, you get a conservative House and Senate. Then it, it flips, and then you get a liberal president. Yeah, right, right. I know, I know, I agree. I'll give all the caveats to that. Uh, I'll let you keep it. You just keep the air quotes up, and I just keep talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then, and then it flips, and then you get a, a liberal president. And then he gets the House and the Senate, or roughly. He, well, I would say he gets the Senate only because you get the vice president right. that gets the tiebreaker. So I'll give them the Senate right. on that one. Then it goes two years. They couldn't wait to get it. It looks like they can't wait to get the Democrats out and to have a more conservative Senate. Because of the economy and a few other things, maybe. Well, if so, sure, probably. So, if we get a conservative president out of this, what is it going to take to have an, the House and Senate for two terms? And do you think that's a reality? The House and Senate for two terms or two years? You talking about a, like a full presidential term? Yes, a full presidential term. Yeah, that hasn't happened in a long time. Um, Why not? I, I think it was 15 out of the last 19, if I'm recalling correctly from whatever I was looking at earlier today, 15 out of the, la- of the last 19 presidents lost the majority in the midterms. Um, so you're talking about long standing. If you if you do the math, that's times four. That's a lot of years. Um, but why? I mean, why? What's going on there? Do do they just not hold their promises or? Yeah. And you. Neither side likes their own their own team. Um, do you remember when Greenpeace <laughs> climbed to the top of Mount Rushmore and unfurled a big banner next to the faces illegally? Um, I remember it because that's my backyard, and I used to hike there illegally too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and the Rangers all knew I was there. But there's you know it's a, there's a long history there. But and they were criticizing Obama for not doing enough. And this is you know the environmental um, cause. Oh. Um, the environmental cases, as, as we call them in the West, um, were very upset with Obama. They didn't like the lack of progress they were getting. Um, the left really, I mean, did you see, they sacrificed, they offered Biden as a burnt offering this week, in the last week. Yeah, I see that. Uh, oh, yeah. They pointed that out. Yeah. Now, part of that is saving face. Oh, well, you know, we yeah, know what yeah. we're going to lose. But 
there's genuine dislike as well, uh, in the same way that our side was not very happy with Trump on guns. Trump actually had passed more gun control than Obama did. Uh, hard rally. <laughs> now, remember, he did the bump stock. He did the, stock. Uh, the, bump, he did the bump stock thing. Yeah, right, right. I remember that. And right. then fixed nicks, which is way worse. I mean, if you can't own a bump stock, the argument was terrible, but sorry, I can do that with my belt loop. Um, the <laughs> fixed nicks problem. Anyway, we could we could talk about that. But this is this is a reality in American politics. And look, it's always been the case. People. The only president that probably was as was still popular at the end of his presidency was probably Washington, and he had the whiskey rebellion problem. So, mm. yeah. Dale, what, you, what about what's your take on that, Dale? You've been quiet over there. I have been quiet because I'm not a Trump fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm not either. Um, I get why, it. You know, it, wise to be quiet. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. Um, you know, Trump is a New York liberal, and mm-hmm. I have to agree. The only thing I think he really did well was to put the Supreme Court justices that we got into office. But when it came for spending, he, he and the Democrats were like this yeah. when it came to spending money. Yeah. And when uh, COVID hit, he's the one who pushed for having a $3 trillion deficit, yeah. you know, being pushed. Yeah. And part of the reason we're having the inflation today is on Trump and, and the, the and the Republicans. Yeah. Uh, I looked at that today and I think it was, uh, only six people in Congress voted against that three trillion dollar spending plan that yeah, they did. Right. Thomas Massey was one led of them. by Thomas <laughs> Massey. That's right. yeah, yeah, um, so anyway, I I have lots of concerns with Trump. I have concerns with if Trump were to run again. Mm. So William Wolf brought this up earlier. So I want to ask you guys what you're thinking about this. Uh, this is uh, from National Review. Philip Klein. He's, he's he brings up. He says, We've had him on the show before. It's hard to look at tonight's result as anything other than a strong repudiation of the decision to nominate candidates based primarily on their loyalty to Trump and their willingness to indulge his stolen election fantasies. In Georgia, Ohio, and New Hampshire, candidates endorsed and heavily promoted by Trump. Walker, Vance, Bullock are significantly underperforming the more traditional Republicans, Kemp, DeWine, Sununu, I don't know how you say his name. In Pennsylvania, Trump pushed Mastriano, who got clobbered, Oz, who's likely to lose throughout the country. MAGA-supported House candidates are losing. Meanwhile, in Florida, DeSantis managed to unite traditional Republican voters, populists, and win over independence through competent governance. Thoughts? William Wolf said that was going to be the narrative. Yeah. uh, there's, I'm going to call BS and not because, and not because, you know, we're going to worship Trump or criticize him either way. There are some things he did well. There's some things he didn't do well. Um, and the things that he didn't do well are, are serious. And, 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 you know, we often can't talk about it because you can't criticize Trump, but um, the problem does not lie in Trump's endorsement per se. The problem lies in the assumptions that these campaigns make that if we get Trump's endorsement, that's all we're going to need. That's what Master Anno thought from the beginning. Okay. Um, he didn't raise money. You can Walker actually did better at raising and spending his money. Um, um, but there are there are a lot of other factors there. Ultimately, you can look at and and for example, take a look at Ted Budd. He doesn't want to talk about Ted Budd. Ted has <laughs> has Trump's endorsement and just clobbered his opponent because it's North Carolina. Um, and so. Endorsements. Oh, well, and, and let's look at um, let's see. What's her name from North Carolina who had she beat a Trump endorsed candidate in the primary? Uh, I'm going to forget her name. Anyway, she actually ran a solid campaign and out campaigned her opponent. You yeah. don't win on an endorsement. You don't win on a big media play. 
you win races by grinding it out and by mm. running your campaign day in and day out and doing a better job of communicating with the voters, winning them over, and then uh, getting them to the polls. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's how you win campaigns. Mustrana did not do that. Um, Walker seems to have done a better job, um, but he had to work hard at it. Uh, it is George after all, and George can be an, an odd beast. Um, you can look at other places where you see people working hard. Um, Utah is one example. Now, I, I got a huge kick out of leftist media this morning putting Utah, and New York Times is still doing it, uh, as a state that Republicans are supposed to narrowly win. Mike Lee is going to clobber. He's killing it right now. <laughs> He's by 15 points right now. And that's because he worked his tail off. He, oh. No one outworks Mike Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can also look at every race that that the pundits want to point to and say, see, Trump is poisonous. And you will see if they're losing there, there is a problem. Either there, you know, there's something wrong with the campaign or it's a tough state where there are things going on. And we're going to conveniently ignore the states where, well, Trump endorsed and they just won. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Exactly. No, what do you uh, think I about? Let, I wanted to let Dell okay. yeah, have Dell respond. Yeah, 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 same question. And then I want to. Then I want to play. I haven't seen this yet. I want to see the concession speech from Stacey from Abrams. Stacey Abrams. And, and, and that will be fun to watch. And then I want to ask Zach about election fraud. All oh, right. Okay. All right. All right. But thoughts on Trump's endorsement doesn't matter. Yeah, I I, I have to agree. I think that uh, when Trump endorses somebody, um, it will help to uh, energize the base. But that's not going to win it for you, and it can't stop there. And also, it depends upon the state that you're in. Right. Right? So going if he were to go into Florida, he didn't need to go to Florida. But if he went into Florida and tried to campaign, that was not necessary. And you can't say that would have been what caused you know the wins for the Republicans there. Right. The state matters. So you're saying Dr. Oz will be losing a lot worse than he currently is <laughs> if Trump didn't endorse him. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. And Oz was from New Jersey. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. They just called it for Fetterman. Yeah. Just, oh, just and Dr. Oz is out. All right. So guess that says it. But that's only guess. that's only with eighty three percent in in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. And who's calling? Fox is calling us. So we can trust it. If Fox is calling it, we can trust. All right, let's let's play this with Stacey Abrams' concession speech. This is her concession speech. Let's see how okay. much we can tolerate. Anytime you guys want to say something, just interrupt it. I'll try and pause the video. Let's see if we can do this. Workforce tech. They didn't vote for you. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow.
and lost. Just turn off the clip. They can't hear Well, me. I guess we're not getting audio from that. Only one side was getting audio, unfortunately. Well, yeah. I guess we won't be playing Stacey Abrams. <laughs> it was a great speech. <laughs> it, said, I, it said, I, I've lost for my second time, and I'll never come back. No. <laughs> I'm, it wasn't. She's, well, so you guys, uh, Beto, Beto O'Rourke, okay, and Stacey to me are very similar. Um, Beto, um, Zach's already laughing. Uh, Beto ran three races in Texas right. and lost all three. Yeah. Senate, legislator, uh, well, legislator, well, Senate, and, and governor. Now, that, this last one was governor. Didn't he run for president, too? Oh, no, excuse me, president. President, Senate, and governor. Yeah. So he ran against Ted Cruz. Right. He ran for president first, then he ran against Ted Cruz, then he ran for governor. Excuse yeah. me. Thank yeah. you for correcting me. Yeah. Um, in the governor and Senate race in Texas, he raised about $120 million for both those races. Okay. And I'm like, I would get paid to lose. I don't. <laughs> and that's, that's why, that's why Beto kept running. He's like, I'm, 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 just, I'm, making, I'm money. making money to, to lose in Texas. Is that, is that how that works? And I think that's what Stacey's. Is, is, is what that how that works, Zach? Yeah, what happens to that money? Um, very little of it can actually be paid to the candidate. Um, they get paid in other ways. Yeah. Um, well, the, they buy a campaign jet. FEC won't allow them to get paid beyond a certain level, and it's not that high. Um, most of that goes to consultants. Um, but the what's going on in Texas and in Georgia? My wife just the, opened a consulting company, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell her tell her about TV. Um, so, but both in Georgia and in Texas, Democrat donors are intentionally dumping money to try to turn those states blue, and. Running a top tier race like that gives you a lot of air cover. It enables you yeah. to pack a lot of money into other places and to turn out your people and to create big lists and to create donor lists. They're building machinery. That's what they're yeah. doing. They're not stupid and they're not sitting there going, Oh, you know, that Beto guy, he's nice. He's, he's kind of a dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. Um, but he has appeal, and he's able to run the campaign in the same way that Abrams is a little bit of a dork. And she's, they're, they're both willing to fill that role. Um, and so that's, their, that's their bigger role. play, what you're saying is their bigger play is building infrastructure. Yeah. Correct. And right. how to take it's over that. Yep. It is, it's all about infrastructure. Wow. All uh, politics is. Okay, so I have um... – Marcus just sent me Arizona race likely not called until Friday. Is yeah. that right? Golly. Oh, my goodness. That's the, that's the update. Why, so, why, why is it going to take till Friday, Zach? Yeah, that was going to ask you this. So, Maricopa I, County. Yeah. So let's say that they get to it oh, Friday. He wants to talk about cheating. That's yeah. what there, I was going to Thank you. Thank you. Can, right. can yeah. anyone trust that come Friday? Because, you know, Pastor Wilson was on the show earlier today. We were talking to him. He's like, in my whole lifetime, we knew the results, right? Are yeah, you, absolutely. This is new. This is new. We're like, oh, you might have to wait a week to get the yeah. results. It, it was mm -hmm. in 2000 with Al Gore was the first time that we had, yeah. you know, all that controversy over. The hanging Chad. Hanging Chads. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so uh, the reality of that, what in the world is going on and why are we allowing it ben, to happen? Ben Shapiro says, 
Is Arizona counting its votes one at a time using a blind nun in Mozambique? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that, Babylon that, B uh, <laughs> uh, tweeted out that Fetterman was counting votes in Pennsylvania, so it was going to take a long time. Um, <laughs> and he can only count one at a time. Hey, would you look at Greg Moore just put something in the chat here? What did he, let me just pop that up. Can you guys read that from Greg? Wait, here's another one. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, keep it going. Jesse Kelly on Twitter says, Congratulations to the Pennsylvania for picking Senate. To represent John Fetterman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know, Greg Moore, he was on earlier with um, yeah, AD right. Rowe. That's what I'm talking about. So, would you uh, go there ahead? are other ways. You get paid in other ways. Now, the consulting firm thing can be dangerous. Um, it depends on whether or not somebody's going to come after. If you're Hillary Clinton, you get away with it, right? And it goes on, <laughs> it goes on down from there. So you got to kill people to get um, so. away with it, is what you're saying. <laughs> well, you have to know people to get away with it. <laughs> okay, so but deal with can you can we deal with the fact that we're not get right now we are live streaming. If I want to transfer money from my pocket to Dell's pocket, I can do that with a click of a button. We have Zelle, we have Cash App, we have Apple App. And you have why, Bitcoin. We have come on now, Venmo. Preacher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why is it that we can't have a voting setup that operates with the same amount of speed as the transfer of funds? We can wire millions of dollars at the touch of a button. Why can't we figure out election results at the same moment that? Why can't we tally it up like that? Are you asking me or are you asking the yeah. world? <laughs> no, you, you're, the, you're the guru here, Mr. Election Campaign Manager. <laughs> Well, so here's my perspective on it. Number one, it is true that this, this idea that you can't count the votes quickly is a new phenomenon, and it is a created problem. Um, we can talk about who's intentionally creating and who's not, um, and that's a whole other discussion on conspiracy. Um, but the reality is that once you start saying, well, the, the only way to vote fairly is to vote by mail, and then we have to have, we have to do it absentee. And we have to make it easy, so we're going to have these ballot boxes. You can just walk up and put your ballots in there. And then we're not going to have them attended, so you can you can walk up and dump a box of them in there. Mm. Um, and you know we want to talk about voting machines and problems, and and those are inherently difficult conversations. Um, I there's just there's not a lot of evidence to examine, and and that's part of the problem, right? Um, but we ignore the problem of the insecurity of voting by mail and having uh, these drop boxes where you can you can stuff ballots. Now, we've had some success when we've been able to work to ban them. We got them banned in South Carolina during the last cycle. We got them banned in other places. But we need to focus on closing off these the gaps that are obvious problems. Voting machines go the direction that you're talking about there, chocolate box. That's... That's the push of a button, right? And that's all uh, the money that we're transferring doesn't even exist. The federal government just creates it just like they Watch create it. it you be know, careful how you talk about God and blaspheme this God. <laughs> you blaspheme this God like this. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I lost track of which God we're blaspheming. <laughs> the federal government. Oh, that money. God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, let, let there be know, money. They are listening. Ex nihilo, you know. So – so is there an answer or solution for this at the end of the day? Yeah, you you actually have to treat voting as uh, as a right, which means in in that sense. I mean, we can debate whether or not is it a is it a basic human right or not. 
Um, but if we're going to claim that it's a right for those who say that it's a right, and then we're going to treat it like it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter whether or not, you know, who's voting. It doesn't matter. You, you, you can have one person voting 20 times, 100 times, 500 times. It doesn't matter. Well, then, then you can't say that it's significant and it means anything at all. Um, it is not that hard to have secure elections. It's not hard to, to, to eliminate, um, easy avenues of cheating. But then there's the other side of the coin. Um, Everyone is very aware of election fraud and cheating because of the problems in 2020, and there are serious problems. But I hate to tell you that's not the first time that there's been cheating in, in American elections. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when people ask me, you know, and, and we're kind of past the point of being asked now, but when people ask, well, do you think there was cheating in 2020? My answer is, well, yes, and I know for certain I, we, we do it is there's no question there was cheating. Uh, the question is to how much, to what level. We know there's cheating because there's always cheating. The bad guys are always trying to cheat. Right. That's that's the reality. You're not going to get away from it. Right. So what can you do? Well, you have to do everything that you normally have to do to keep bad guys from stealing your stuff. Hmm. There, yeah. it's every different avenue. You have to you have to close off the avenues. You have to keep them from cheating. You have to pass all the laws and, vigilance, and things yeah. then you have to run a better campaign than they ran yeah all and I a heard, lot of the time all is, i heard was guns yeah that yeah uh, you know what you said guns and more ammo <laughs> how do you keep them from stealing stuff <laughs> well okay policemen with guns yeah right. that's what sure. i want i want sure. the police to enforce the law yeah and i want the laws to be just yeah, yeah. according um, to god's standard dale what's your take on election integrity and the funny business in Maricopa to, I mean, just what's your take on this? Yeah, I have to totally agree that uh, there's been cheating in every single election. The question is, is it targeted for the areas that make a difference? Like in the 2020 election where uh, it appears that there was targeting done on certain counties to make sure that the election went certain ways. And, you know, if they weren't targeting Idaho, we just didn't matter. For some matter. reason. Yeah, we just didn't matter. Um <laughs> And uh, I don't know if you saw the, the documentary, 2,000 Mules. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, saw that. Very good. Um, Me, huh? I, I have, uh, you know, the whole question in, in my mind also was why didn't he reveal where these people were going and getting their, you know, ballots, their ballots from? You know, he's talking about he's tracking them to all these places, and they dropped off in a half a dozen different places, but those were never revealed. And my question is, Maybe some of those were Republican areas as well as in the Democratic areas. Uh, interesting. It, it yeah. wasn't just right. cheating on one side because the cheating happens on both sides. <laughs> right. 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 What? Yeah. Yeah. We remember we heard about the rhino and who? What's wrong? What's wrong with the rhino? Wicked. Beck, yeah. Rhino, rhino. Wicked rhinos. Wicked rhinos. Yes. This is wicked rhinos. Right. That's, right. That's, true. That's right. Hey, is, you know, Dale's point. If I could, really quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is about focusing. Um, and that is a very, very important point. There is a reason why the Democrats did not do well in 2020 in the House and Senate races. They did not do well. They did very poorly in state legislative and gubernatorial races. That tells you something. They weren't cheating, or at least they weren't cheating enough. Right. Yeah. And right. yet all we heard about is how that's it. It's all over. Sidney Powell says don't vote in the in the in the Georgia runoff because they're cheating. I'm sorry. That's that's a that, losing strategy. Well, it's not <laughs> yeah. a losing strategy. It's yeah. an obvious losing strategy. You come away yeah, saying, yeah. "I'm not sure if that's just insanity or right. treachery right. Um, to your cause, to your yeah. own cause." But that's a serious problem. That's that's how you ensure that the bad guys are going to win. Yeah. 
The point isn't the the main point here is not to keep the bad guys from cheating, right? The main point is to win on our side, doing it justly. Okay, that's right. And you can keep the bad guys from cheating. Oh, let's say you could do it at 100 percent and you run a bad campaign, you're still going to lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you convince your people not to turn out. And so we have to recognize that presidential elections are actually remarkably are much easier to cheat in than U.S. Senate races. Now, I'm not That's saying right. they don't cheat in U.S. Senate races. That's right. You, sure. you can pick two or three places and bada bing, bada boom. Now, uh, look, I, I, I just don't subscribe to the idea that uh, Trump won by a landslide and then they rounded up enough votes to switch it. No, we know that. Please name the last U.S. president that did win by a landslide. Think Ronald Reagan in his second Reagan. round? Yeah. Reagan Reagan won by a fairly large margin. You nerd. It hasn't happened. <laughs> I know. Old. Okay. Uh, I'm not a nerd. I'm just old. I didn't have to read it in Old nerd. My, my hairline trending, you know, the, the Toby trending hairline on this yeah. end of things uh, also God. speaks to yeah, my. It goes My, from uh, up here to down here so. for glory. Right. Uh, <laughs> hey, Zach, I want to ask you this last question. We'll let you go because we know it's late for Thanks. you there. Um, it just shortly, what do you think if the Republicans take what we think they're going to take, at least they get the majority in the Senate? Does it look like the House right now? What is it? Yeah, yeah right now it's uh, Republicans are 186 and Democrats 149. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And the, the Senate actually isn't looking that good. And, uh, right now, 48 Democrats, really 47 close. Republicans. Yeah. So if, we are likely to end up with a split Senate again. Yeah. I so, so then, <laughs> what was off? Was it the messaging was off? Did was it was the abortion issue more important than Republicans thought it was? Was the economy not? And Dale, you can jump in here too. I'll ask you right after we get done. I just let Zach yeah. go after we do this. Um. Did, did we miss something with what when we were doing the polling? What happened? Well, that's that's always a question that we like to ask and talk about on election night. And as a campaign guy, I can tell you, you we don't know enough to know what happened. Mm. Um, and in some races, they'll they won't tell you enough to know. Um, but you can observe and look at it. Some races, um, you have candidates who just thought that Trump's endorsement was going to do it or that, you know, there, there was some kind of magic potion here that didn't involve a lot of hard work. Um, that does happen. Um, some races you have tough states. Um, Pennsylvania is a tough state. It's a tough state to win in for both parties. And so it's going to come down to a knife's edge. It's going to come down to, who, you know, who runs the best campaign on a, at a very close, you know, at a very high level. Uh, same is probably true in Georgia. Um, in some states, it's just not a it's not a good state. You're just not going to win as a Republican there, and you can't bank on it being red wave will will take us over the top. In some cases, you can, it gets down to messaging, and I know that's not the simple answer that you're looking for. Um, no, but, you haven't given me one simple answer this whole interview. <laughs> I just want you to know that. I don't know if, like, you know. Mm, I just like seeing you get spun up over there. Yeah, you know, it's working. <laughs> uh, I, but uh, you know what, though? I really think you're right. I really think you're right about that. The other thing is, um, and I, go ahead, I'll let you finish it, then I'll say my piece. No, I go ahead. Okay. So I think that we assume too much about the common sense of of humanity in America. I think we thought that all the stuff that went on the last two years would be enough to wake people up to Uh, see 
this was insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we, right. the, the, the culture, humanity is so seared into wickedness that even the obvious stuttering Fetterman, who's mentally not capable, is not enough to wake people up. Or Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden. I'm going there. It's the judicial blindness. Yeah, but but it's and whatever whatever kind of worldview that conservatives think that they were leading with wasn't strong enough. Was didn't have a a backbone enough to say this is not how God made the world. (laughs) Yeah, what we ran on, you know, in a lot of and it's not over. I know, but I think we're seeing that it's not the red wave that we thought, and I think it's because the 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 human person isn't as far with they're used to being enslaved. They're mm. used to being enslaved and we didn't count on that. Yeah. You know, um, well, it's not, yes. it's not, you know Both what I mean? Sides, I, right? Yeah. I, just, I, I think that, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you finish your go thought. Ahead, no, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, it's it, people are used to a certain level of slavery. That is very yes. true. We don't think about the fact, get out your driver's license. That's your, that's your slavery library. You know, yeah, your driver's oh, license, hey, pull out your yeah. pistol permit. Um, <laughs> and that's true, but it's also true that Americans are used to the fruits of freedom and to enjoying freedom and that we kind of just think it's going to happen forever. And we see, you know, that we had pressure during 2020 and now the pressure, a lot of the pressure has gone away. We can go to work, we can do things and yeah, there are economic problems, but we can also talk to our fathers about 13 and 20 percent um, interest rates uh, on mortgages, uh, you know, as well. We can talk about gas prices that make ours, accounting for inflation, look pretty silly. Um, and so uh, it is absolutely true. And it's always true that the people are not going to remember what happened six months ago. They're not going to remember what happened three months ago. They're going to look yeah. around. They're going to yeah. go, OK, this is what's happening right now. You know what? I really don't like the economic uncertainty. I don't like the stumbling around. I don't like. And so you see that coming out um, in the House races. But the reason campaign people run campaigns is because they work. Campaigns mm. work. You run a campaign, you can overcome just about not anything, but you overcome a lot if you can get it all pulled all together. Yeah. Right time, right place. Yeah. And the, the problem is it's very complex. And there are about 55 inputs that you can't control. You can't control all those inputs, mm. but you can run a good campaign and interestingly do a lot of interesting things. There's one more point I'd like to make, and that is we like to have this big picture, especially now when you can have everything. You can go to the New York Times, you can have it all tabulated in front of you and all digested. And we like to sit there and think that, wow, you know, we can figure we can look at all this. And there's a reality that God still governs in the affairs of men. <coughs> Amen. Amen. And he, there's a lot of social engineering that goes on, and I believe that's blasphemous. It's, it, is, it is wrong to try to do God's job for him, and we're going to shape this whole nation. We're going to fix the problems, and we're going to do the things. It's our job to do our job and then let God shape the nation um, in that sense, mm-hmm. and God does that. And we're kind of focusing on the Senate going, eh, you know, it's a little flat. Well, look, if you looked at the polling for the last couple of weeks, Republicans were just peaking up, right? It was just starting to peak up and we're going, okay, maybe they can do it, but it's going to be close. You could look at the house and go, oh, they're peaking a little better. They're probably going to do it. Those were not hard predictions to make. Now, I believe that that's actually a pretty darn good red wave, um, such as it is, right? Yeah. Um, But you see God saying, oh, you want a salvation in politics? Yeah, that's not happening. Good luck. Yeah, not happening. 
Hey, Zach, I appreciate you, man. I really do. I'm very Thanks grateful for, for your late. work. Thank yep. you for staying up late and hanging out with us, brother. He also has a baby, right? I mean, your baby's a little well, older, but... She's going to be a big baby. She's about 18 yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. still a baby. Yeah, but that baby's baptized, isn't it? <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> and, and more importantly, her parents know that she's in the covenant instead of say that she's not while acting like she is. Oh. Oh. You know, I always ask Presbyterians before the baby's born, so when you plan on baptizing them, they always yeah, they, Appreciate you, Zach. Yeah, Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, I just wanna, Fetterman I, is I up right now. Fetterman, Fetterman's up. He's uh, up. The he's next up. guy uh, that was going to come on, he can't. He texts me. And that, um, that's totally fine. So, you know, yeah. Dale, do you want to deal with... I, yeah, I'm, I'm still... Um, shocked about the Fetterman call so early. Okay. The um, all the pundits were saying that it was going to be at the Friday at the earliest before they could make that call. <laughs> Until now. Until now. <laughs> um, um, no hanging chads or anything. I mean, um, so I'm I'm just shocked by that. Huh. Um, the other thing I was going to mention was the geek side of me that. Um, of course, senators have their appointments for six years, and then they're divided into three classes that right. are run every two years, right? right? And this term, 36 Democrats did not face election, whereas only 29 Republicans didn't face election. So there was a lock on the Democrats uh-huh. compared to the Republicans. Mm. So we had we were already going uphill against that. If it had been the other way around, I think it would have looked very different in the Senate. Well, so then – what do you think about the fact that for me, I'm saying, hey, we assume way more about people than we probably should have to think that, you know, they would want to leave slavery, to leave I, this set up. And, and I, I didn't want to jump in on that conversation, but you look at our reactions to the covid lockdowns, even in Idaho. Yeah. You know, that's and we're just going to, you know, close our restaurants and we're going to lose our jobs and we're going to walk around with masks on when everybody knew from day one that masks didn't work at all. That's right. Cloth masks. Um, That was well known. Uh, They had uh, studies done on uh, COVID one, you know, back in whatever that was, 2016, when that hit and they did masking studies and they said, yeah, cloth masks don't work. You know, you've got to have a mark. 18 gas mask on, you know, from the military. Um, you just look at all of our reactions to that, and I still see people walking around with yep. cloth masks yep. on. Yep. And uh, it's this slavery mentality that I'd rather be back in Egypt. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and notice here, like the balance or the relationship between um, that, that slavery mentality, but also, Zach said, wanting our freedoms. Right? Yeah. And, and I couldn't stop thinking, but Joseph in Egypt. Right. And how Joseph gathered, you know, all the grain for seven years. And then all of Joseph's family moved there to get that free food. And they wanted they wanted their um, food. and But that was also the very mechanism that got Israel into slavery over the next 400 years. And that's, that, that, that relationship between, between um, you know, wanting my freedom, but also wanting someone to help me. It someone wasn't, to provide it wasn't for 400 me. years, but fine. No, um, 430. No, it wasn't because uh, you didn't do the math right. But that's yeah. <laughs> it's a di- di- different conversation. But anyways, uh, but but I think the 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 uh, off your mic, Pastor. Sorry. The Idaho. Um, I have to talk into my mic. Usually. Yeah. Yep. Um, did you change my gate? Uh, <laughs> no, I did not change. Um, no, but I mean, back to the Idaho thing. I mean, just think. I mean, I. Idaho is supposed to be this red state. Yeah. This this you know deep red yeah, right. western. We love our freedom. Seventy percent conservative. And Brad Little shut us down. Yep. We were in a state of emergency yep. uh, until when? 
till like this summer. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think sometime in the last six yeah. months. Um, yeah. And we still. Oh, no, it's before the primary. Right before the he primary. Released, yeah, he released yeah. it. He, he, re- he released this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, so I'm just, just saying, like, that tells you something about the state of our nation. Yeah. Right there, where you have, you know, a, yeah. a supposedly highly conservative state with not a, I mean, not a very conservative um, Republican governor yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, can I say it? The Mormon effect in Idaho. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mormons are conservative in some sense, right. but definitely not, not conservative. conservative. Right. And we, you know, down in the Pocatello area, there's more Mormons per, you know, per capita down yeah. there than there yeah. are in Utah. Yeah. Um, we have a huge halo effect that comes from Mormonism. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah. So. Wow. What, what gonna, I, I'm what, just shocked. What, what are you I, watching? I'm watching Fetterman oh. give his acceptance oh. speech, and mm. I just, I can't. I, I really can't believe it. Mm. I can't believe that just happened. Mm. I know Oz isn't great, but 